be ready. Spawn more overlords. You have not enough minerals. You are listening to the Grassroots StarCraft 2 podcast, episode 13. Originally released on April 13th, 2023. This episode will be an interview with Grandmaster League Terran and streamer, Monster. All right. Hello, Internet. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. All right, everything. The long-awaited podcast. <laughs> the long-awaited podcast. There's a queue now. I, I've never had a, a queue for the podcast. Um, so, yeah, good to see you, Monster, and thank you for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. My hands are a little bit slow tonight, doing a little bit of the technical stuff for the intro, but... We're here and I appreciate it. It's actually a pretty big time difference for you. I know it's early in the morning for you. So I really appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah. And as we talked about in the pre-show, um, it's not that big of a deal for me actually, because on my uh, work, I wake up early in the morning. So it's, uh, it's basically me waking up in time for work. So it's, you know, it's okay. <laughs> awesome. And we just had, a, we just are starting the podcast right now. And we have a raid from our master Jay. Uh, Party of Five, welcome Raiders. Uh, good to see you all. Uh, somebody says Turtles. Uh, awesome. Yeah, actually, speaking of the podcast queue, I think uh, our Master Jay is also in the queue. I think uh, he's next in line, so it'll be good to to talk to him in a future episode. But for now, uh, the focus here is you, Monster, and let's just kind of dive right into the format of the podcast for the folks that are listening for the first time. Uh, so this, again, this is the grassroots starcraft 2 podcast episode 13 um these are the different topics we're going to be talking about this evening uh, we're going to dive into you as a player uh, a streamer we've got to discuss the monster invitational and some casting you've done uh, we're going to talk about the uh you as a fan we'll have some text-based q a with the chat and something that i've learned from uh previous episodes is uh, any question that ends up being in the chat I'll just kind of live add it to the doc so that I don't lose it in the chat history. So if you're in the chat right now, and I'll kind of remind everybody throughout the episode, uh, just feel free to drop a question for Monster. He is a Grandmaster League Terran player. Uh, so any question you have for him related to StarCraft 2, and we'll address that at the end of the show. And then the last section is just kind of an, like an outro. So that's kind of your moment to plug your socials, plug your stream, and yeah. All right, we've already got people keeping me on my toes. We've already got a question here. Uh, so let me put that into the doc. Uh, I keep on losing your video. Um, I, I think it's when you're, uh, I, I don't know if it's like when you are all tapping or when I'm all tapping. I can't tell. Um, yeah, so let me try to see something on my, can you try all tabbing on your end? Let me see if it changes it or fixes it. Okay, I'm all tab. Okay, um, let me put, Okay, it came back. Did you do anything? No. Okay, this is strange. Seems stable now. Oh, it's it's gone again. Uh, I might have to keep that as the the fork the foreground of my one screen here. I'll just do that. Mm. Okay. Okay. All right. Cool. We <laughs> <laughs> have some troll questions. Uh, I I literally will take every question. Uh, 
Well, I'll, ke I'll keep that one question for now. It seems like there's only one question so far. Okay, anyway, let's dive into the player section. Uh, Monster, let's talk about the ID. Uh, there's some unique capitalization that uh, I wanted to respect. You know, a lot of, a lot of people have unique things about their ID, whether it's capitalization. I don't think you can really do numbers or symbols like in StarCraft 2, some other games might have that, but let's talk about monster. Like where did that originate from? And I, I think I'm saying it correct. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I went through when I started playing StarCraft, I'm pretty sure I started with name just Aki because that's my uh, nickname in real life. Everybody calls me Aki. Uh, and then it turned, I went through a phase where I went through a million different names. Um, I'm pretty sure I called myself Agumon, like the Digimon. And then I called myself like Pikachu. And then I went to Snorlax. Uh, I'm pretty sure like I went through some iteration of Aki where I had Aki Leto. With like Leto is like, I don't know, CSGO players or CS players used to have that in their name. Uh, and because it was like a uh, variation of elite, and so like you just added to the end of your name to make it sound cool. So I went through that, and then I think like in late 2013, uh, after I'm 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 pretty sure it was when we had something called like the Farmers League. I don't remember exactly what that was. Uh, and we had this Twitch channel called Aki Mimi and a friend called Riley. And that just like, when that ended, I still had a Twitch account, but I didn't want to know, be known as Aki and me when and me wasn't there anymore, kind of like a kid's show. So I just changed the name to Monster because I think it looked cool. And there was already a guy, like a server player called Monster with like the E. So I just kind of removed uh, the E and then capitalized the R because I think it uh, it looked better than just it being monster with a like uh, with a uh, uncapitalized R, uh, and it makes it look unique as well. Okay, so prior to monster, it was Aki. You know, you said you went through different iterations of Pokemon. Uh, I actually, spoiler or not, really, I guess it's a fairly recent update. I think in Pokemon, and I I haven't really watched it since a kid, but I saw in a recent TikTok video that. Um, I think Ash is no longer part of Pokemon or he's like kind of sunsetting in the, the series, but yeah, I, I grew up with Pokemon, um, kind of the class, the original 150. So that's, that's pretty cool. Like Pikachu, you said Snorlax, uh, you transitioned to a Twitch channel of Aki and me, but then long-term that didn't pan out. So switching that to monster and, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, you, you've been tuning into my streams and I've seen you in chat and I don't know, for some reason, I think. There's maybe some other account that's maybe this is what you're referring to, like that is similar spelling. And if, I, I don't know. I think when I first saw you in my chat, I thought I straight up thought you were like even Twitch staff with the check mark, like the verified. Oh. So uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought either it was like partner or um, you were Twitch staff. So, but yeah, cool story, a cool um, history about the your ID there. And so Monster is the ID that you use uh, in game. Yes. Okay. And I'm, I'm assuming monster is your main account. Do you have like alt accounts that do you like to play on barcode or you just like to play on monster? I, I have uh, I have barcodes that I ladder on occasionally. Um, I have another account called MechWeek, which is just the account I play on when I stream and it's a mech only account. It's like it's actually a lot of fun. I've had pretty good success. It's like 5,300, 5,400 
MMR. Um, only play Mech every matchup. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's uh, if you play against a guy called Mechweek on ladder, that's me too. So, how do you spell Mechweek? Uh, Mechweek. So it's oh uh, Mechweek. Got it. M e c h w e e k. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Mechweek. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so it, it's basically just this fun concept that me and some Discord friends came up with. It's that one week we just play Mech. All we do is play Mech. And uh, I don't know if you know who Igor is, but he he hates that name. He absolutely hates it. He just comes in and he's like, God, is it Mechweek again? I fucking hate Mechweek. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've seen Igor in my in some of my streams hanging out. So if that's the same. Uh, is it like yeah, based, based Igor? I think yeah, like that. based Igor, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, so I mean, for, for you to get only mech, especially for like TVP to like 53, 5400, that's really impressive. So... Lots of hard work and dedication, okay? It took <laughs> a long time to figure out TVP, but now I have it down to where, like, I sometimes survive into the mid-game, okay? Like, that's, like, the hard part. It's surviving, like, the 7.30, 8-minute charge attack. It's all about, like, having the build done well up to then. And after that, like, playing med mech mid-game and, like, late-game is actually pretty good against Protoss. It's not that bad because, you know... Uh, tanks deal with everything on the ground and then Thor's and Vikings deal with everything on the in the air. So, As a frequent ladder enjoyer when I'm not, even I guess if I am playing Terran and I'm playing Bio, as soon as you scout that they're going mech, I don't know, everybody that's listening out there, it's almost like a a massive exhale. You have to just like, oh, like you, gotta, you have to brace yourself for a game against mech. You have to be... <laughs> Uh, patient, let's say, almost mm -hmm. equally as patient as the person executing mech. So, oh yeah, absolutely. It, it is um, a very boring style to play against, and it's also like kind of boring to play. But the fights are really long, so they're kind of exciting in that sense. Uh, not that like there's not a lot of micro involved, but I, f I feel like the fights can be kind of exciting in mech versus anything really. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Okay. Going into more of you as a player and the history, um, what did you start playing StarCraft II? Was it the beginning or kind of towards the middle of the history of StarCraft II? So I grew up with um, a friend who had like uh, him, his father played StarCraft with them. Uh, so I two, like they were two brothers uh, and they had like a PC setup in their home where their father and, de and them had, like, their pieces next to each other. So they would, like, play LAN games. So I would come up there and would play Warcraft 3, StarCraft, all those, you know, uh, RTS games together. We played some Age of Empires. I didn't enjoy that too much. But we played, you know, like everyone else. We played, like, all our Warcraft 3 custom games, StarCraft 2 custom games. Uh, and I think, like, when, Star when I saw that StarCraft 2 was releasing... Uh, the only thing in my head was like, I'm going to become better than their father at StarCraft because their father always beat me in StarCraft 1. So I was like, in StarCraft 2, that's not going to happen. I have to get better than him. So on the day of release, I remember I got it like in the mail like a day before and I installed it and I couldn't play it. But like basically the second I could play it, I started laddering. I I'm pretty sure I stayed home from school to ladder that day. <laughs> and like my first experience of playing ladder... I, I, I'm i pretty sure, like, I just got six pool or something. They were like, oh, welcome to StarCraft, and it cheesed me. And I was like, oh, god damn it. And I chose to play Protoss because that's what I played in Blue War. Um, yeah. Wow. There's there's so much to discuss in what you just said. So <laughs> uh, you start, like, prior to StarCraft 2, it was, you know, Brood War. It was 
Warcraft 3, like custom games with a friend. And then you had a friend that had a dad who was better than you. So the motivation to be the level that you're at now stemmed from that, like that, that fire inside that drive to be like, I want to beat my friend's dad. Like he is not gonna, you know, I'm sure at some point it was like super competitive once you kind of established like the ground level stuff and the early days of Starcraft two, and even you talking about getting it physically in the mail. I think this is a big shifting point for the gaming industry where Starcraft two released 2010. And it, it kind of reminds me of, I'll always remember getting Heart of the Swarm in the mail. It was, uh, I think it was a UPS driver that dropped it off. I took the day off of work. As soon as I saw the truck come out of my apartment, I ran out in my pajamas and I like went up to the guy. I didn't even wait for him to take the package like to my door. And I said, I have something. Here's my apartment number. And I, I literally took it from him and I ran inside and started playing. And I think we're going to see this, this shift, right? Like, I don't know if frost giant or some of these other uh you know immortals gates of pyre if they're going to have a physical copy maybe they will that's a collector's edition but it's going to be i think more so shift towards digital purchase right especially they might tie the exclusives to a digital purchase versus a physical physical purchase but it'll be interesting to see who out there is going to be buying a physical copy back in starcraft there wasn't i don't think it was digital copy was as prevalent I'm pretty sure, like, StarCraft 2, like, well, StarCraft 2 release, there was definitely people who bought it online that, like, the digital copy, but I didn't know that was, like, even a thing you could do, because, I, I don't know, I was, like, 12 or 13 at the time. Uh, my experience with the internet was, like, playing RuneScape on browser, so I, I didn't really do a lot. Like, I, believe it or not, I grew up playing, like, a lot of sports. I have a dad that's, like, really into sports. Uh, and then, like, when I find found StarCraft, I was like, yeah, I'm abandoning all that. This is, like, what I want to do. This is my thing. Um, and I, uh, I agree with you. Like there has been like this massive shift where I think like it's not really worth it for companies to make physical copies anymore. Like it's just like a huge investment of time to like come up with like a concept for like the art of the box and all that when you can just release the game on the internet and people can just it's accessible from everywhere who has internet. Uh, you don't have to like have like a lot of dicks. Like even if you buy this today you had to download the game. Like, it's like the game is not on the disc, which is, like, kind of weird. It's basically, like, buying the license on a disc, right? Exactly. And I think that's what chat just mentioned now. Um, United States Marine Corps veteran gamer said, a lot of stuff has to be digital, too, because of the size of some of these games. I think ex that's exactly what you're just saying there. Uh, assuming it's a DVD format, um, I don't know what DVDs go up to now. Is it still, like, 4.7 gigabytes or maybe even higher now? Or maybe, I mean, who who has like a, a physical DVD drive, you know, in your in your computer anymore? Do they, do they would they do like a USB stick? And, and like you said, cost, you know, that's mm -hmm. going to be more cost to mass have mass produce, you know, a product that has USB or or even these saying uh, in chat M dot two. That would be wild to have like a some type of M dot two. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. But there are people that, and I think also what was mentioned by a veteran gamer saying that, and uh, Elephant Man in chat, that the the games now are, the norm is to be free to play. And back when StarCraft II started out, it wasn't free to play. We were buying the game for one account. If you wanted a second account, you would have to buy the game again. And that's no longer the case. So 
a, a big shift in kind of how you started out monster with, with Starcraft two in the early days versus now. Mm -hmm. Okay. So it's a, it's a different world. <laughs> and you also talked about, you said your dad was an, is an athlete and that sounds like even if you are, whether you are or not an athlete, um, you get the competitive aspect from your dad, right? Like your dad competed in some type of sport and that that's how that competitiveness translated to Starcraft and maybe even beyond in your personal life. So that's, that's really cool to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I am, my, my father is like a pretty high up in the military. So he's like a very strict person, uh, I think. And it, he has never been like, you should be the best, but they should always compete to win. It's basically his mentality, especially like if you go watch like a, like a football game or like a hockey game with him now, like he had, like he's ex uh, excerpts that kind of energy where like, he's like, yeah, we're here to watch them win. You know, it's not like to watch <laughs> them play. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine your dad on, on Starcraft two ladder? Like it's, I'm not, I'm not here to, to have fun with builds. I'm here to execute the build order to perfection and, and win and win games, you know? <laughs> Yeah, he has like the strategical mind for it as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure like I've tried to teach him StarCraft, but he's he's not interested. Uh, I think it's because he doesn't understand it and he doesn't want to, like he has, he's like me, he has really bad ADHD. So if he's not like really into something, he's not going to put any time and effort into it. So, <laughs> Dude, your dad would be like the innovation or the serial mindset of like StarCraft too, just like machine, like super disciplined, just I'm in, I'm in, to, I'm in it to win it and just destroy anybody. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So, what race did you start playing? Was it Terran? You you had mentioned that you played Protoss and Brood War. Did you start out in Terran or kind of dabble in the races and then end up landing on Terran? So I went through when I started playing StarCraft. Uh, our computer was like really really bad. So I played Protoss, and I remember you know I was like four gating every game, three gating every game. If you guys remember that build, it was like a Taldrim altar. It was almost unstoppable, and my um. I remember the in my, like my computer being so bad that if someone were to rush me, I literally couldn't use sentries to force field my ramp to defend because the computer was so bad. And I remember some issue I had is that like sometimes I had to restart the game. Like if I alt tell, I'm pretty sure I had to restart the game. And I remember I played a tournament where they I just disappeared out of nowhere, like in between games. And they're like, where did you go? And I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, my computer's decided to restart my computer so I can get into the game because I was like watching the stream of the tournament. And uh, it's it's actually like I started playing, I think I, I played Protoss up until I got a new computer and then I grinded Protoss into Platinum. And then I, I kind of hit um, a plateau where I didn't really improve more with Protoss. I remember just playing Colossus Voidray versus Zerg, that being really strong. And against Terran, I just played Shard Shot Arc on Colossus, and then PvP was just a Colossus Fest like it was in Wings of Liberty. Uh, but I kind of realized that, hey, I don't really enjoy this playstyle. I kind of want to play Terran more. Uh, because like I saw how cool like Marines and Marauders and Medivacs were. They were like, really, uh, like kind of squishy units, but if you use them correctly, they seemed really strong. Uh, dealing with drops was also really hard. I don't understand how because the medevacs were so slow in Wings of Liberty, but it was hard dealing with drops when you're like 12 years old and you you can't move your mouse very fast. Um, so I switched to Terran after playing the game for like maybe six months to like nine months. And I, I played a lot of StarCraft during that time. Like I played StarCraft every single day, day in, day out for like a year. And then I was like, you know what? Protoss is not for me. I'm going to Terran. 
And I remember like after, only after, I'm pretty sure like, it took like a month for me to go from platinum to diamond with Terran. And at the time when I was on the team LBNT, that, I was like the star player because nobody else on that team was diamond. Being diamond back then was like really, really impressive. Uh, it still is like kind of impressive today, but it's not like the same thing, I guess. Okay, so the first six to nine months you're playing Protoss. Uh, Chad is already doing a great job with a combination of stories and emotes making me laugh as you're t <laughs> talking and I'm trying to digest Chad and listen to you. But uh, you started out well, presumably Bronze League, got your way up to Platinum. with a, And this is a common theme with a lot of guests on the show is their computer, the performance of the computer, understandably. We're talking about 10, no, 13 years ago now. The computer was was struggling to play the game and Wings of Liberty was, you know, Century was essential, especially for PBZ. So if you're saying you can't even force field or doing a force field or an alt tab and you have to restart your computer, that sounds like a struggle fest. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's certainly skill skillful if you're playing with that kind of computer performance handicap. And I think, I think going back to like where we're at now with technology, we shouldn't really have that ha that handicap or that challenge with something like Stormgate and modern day computers. I think even if we're talking about Unreal Engine 5 or whatever futuristic type of gaming technologies we're gonna see out of these new RTSs, we shouldn't have an experience at all where you alt tab and you have to restart your computer. Uh, so that, that'll be one less uh, hurdle for people playing playing the game, especially new players, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, cool. uh, the technological advancements like during the last decade has been like very impressive, very very impressive. You know, there was like for a while where, uh, like every year they came out a new graphics card, it like doubled or tripled the performance. I, I don't know if it's come to like a halt now, but I, I remember you know buying like a seven like a six sixty Ti. I remember that's like the super GPU that I bought back in the day. It was like a six hundred six hundred dollar GPU. And it's just like shattered, like the 500 series performance. Like even the 680 was like a killer graphics card. I remember they came out around the same time as the Titan, which was like, if you had a Titan, you it was like a two thousand dollar graphics card, and it just like killed every game. Uh, but I remember like StarCraft Two had like this very unique problem where it's a one core, like it's run on one core, so every single game, like every single high uh, setup computer just got bottlenecked so even when you play even if you had like a kill computer you would still lag like crazy when you played 4v4 because there was just too much stuff on the screen yeah definitely starcraft being uh starcraft 2 being a very cpu centric uh type of game uh we had a comment from pilly pilly uh, about your story starting out with starcraft 2 saying grandmaster league terran equals plat protoss confirmed <laughs> this is one of the things that had me laughing there so uh appreciate the feedback philly <laughs> <laughs> and yeah going back to your story you were you ended up landing in diamond was switching to terran and i think at the time was diamond still the highest league there wasn't even master league yet right i'm pretty sure master league was out because i'm I, 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 um, i'm not sure actually it might i might have been the highest league uh, I I wouldn't hold myself accountable to that though. Like it, my masters would have been up because I I always remember thinking Diamond was super impressive, but not like highest rank impressive, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm pretty sure Master was out already, but Grandmasters definitely wasn't out. That's for sure. Right. Okay. And just keeping along this topic here, uh, 
when did you reach Grandmaster League? The first nine months, you're plat. You shortly after that get to diamond, and there's not even GM. So you're you're slowly approaching, really the top of ladder anyway. Oh, so uh, I'm pretty sure I was hard stuck. Um, I was hard stuck diamond up until the end of like I, re- I remember I went through all of high school, and then at in the last year of high school, I managed to reach reach masters. And I remember telling all my friends, I like brought my laptop to the because at the point I didn't know the computer. My my family's um economic economic situation just changed completely. We like could afford to get new computers and stuff like that. So, uh, but it just changed completely. And I remember like uh like I brought my laptop to school and I used to show all my friends my rank in StarCraft, and everyone was so oppressed, uh, impressed, oppressed, sorry, impressed um by uh by my feet. Uh, and I reached Grandmaster. I'm pretty sure I have a clip of it. I reached Grandmaster six years ago. So in 20, like early 2017, I think, was the first time I reached Grandmaster. So I was I was in Master League for like a very, very, very long time. Very long time. Yeah, what a, what and, a, un, what a unique story, um, being in Grandmaster League and bringing your laptop to 12th. You're in 12th grade, your final year of high school flexing on your friends like i got master league check it out this is this is a, a big accomplishment i don't know why when you initially said laptop i i envision you taking a, a big ass like old school desktop to your high school and, like, <laughs> setting it setting up a desktop like in the cafeteria like the big ass like crt monitor and like mouse and keyboard plugging it in i think that would be a a really funny like meme <laughs> that would be a good skit we should uh, we should get someone to work on that. Uh. <laughs> that would be a good skit, yeah. And it makes me think now, like the what is it, Gen Z or even after Gen Z, like Gen Alpha. Are we going to? Are we hear some stories on Reddit or something or Twitter about you know high schoolers or middle schoolers playing Stormgate and like hitting what is their equivalent of GM, flexing in their school, and uh, be interesting to see if people, you know, their peers recognize it, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so you were you yeah. were hard stuck for in Masters, and I think back then it was just Master League. There was no division of like Masters three, two, or one. We weren't seeing visible MMR back then. It was like 20, 2016 to twenty fifteen ish, maybe. And because you said you had mm-hmm. GM in twenty seventeen. Yeah. And so was it? So. Yeah, go on. Sorry. It was it uh, end of Wings of Liberty or kind of beginning of Heart of the Swarm that you hit GM. So it was it was in Legacy of the Void I hit GM. Uh during all of I'm pretty sure like in Vince Liberty Heart of the Swarm, I remember like I was a thirteen hundred M uh, no no M uh, point Terran. I don't even know if that was good or not, but I remember that was like whenever I applied for a new team, that was what I would type on my thirteen hundred point Terran. Because back then there was like a point system. Uh, that you it actually measured no skill. There were people like at zero points that were better than me, but it just like that was like the only way we can measure how good you were doing on ladder and like bonus po- like the points were always uh, inflated because of bonus pool right like you because like you would like you could just like not play for a week and then come back and then you will play seven games if you lost half of the games you would improve in points so it actually <laughs> didn't really matter uh, since it was like not an accurate like showing those skills in that way. Uh, I remember I was like rank one masters, but I couldn't get GM because you know it was just inflated points. Like it didn't actually matter, in a sense. 
I remember back then before MMR was transparent before, uh, yeah, nobody knew their MMR. We could, we could guess it kind of through maybe third party sites or, um, but there was, yeah, I remember having so much emphasis on checking my profile, checking which rank I was within my division. And like you said, how many points I had. And nowadays it's like vastly different. Nobody really thinks about that too much. Um, I think there's a lot of UI bugs even we've seen in the past month, for example, where even, I don't know if it applied to all servers, but like the grandmaster ranking was completely upside down. I saw this on the North American ladder of, uh, I think it was every other account where it was like high and low. So you, at rank one, you might see like on NA, like six point something K and then rank two was like four high fours. Uh, they had, they had fixed this issue, but we've seen a lot of interesting things with ladder over the years. Yeah, and I do think MMR is like the best, uh, best iteration so far. It is the most accurate one. Uh, I remember that ladder bug because I, I, what you're talking about. Because I remember I saw I used to open up the Grandmaster leaderboards one day to check like, oh, like where am I on the NA server? Uh, and I just noticed that like, hey, like there's some guy with like 4.4k MMR in the rank one ladder. What the fuck is happening? GM isn't even supposed to be open right now, and he's in Grandmasters. What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, chat is even talking about the whole um, portrait uh, bug. I think if you you can get Master League border portrait, but your MMR is not actually Master League. I had that actually last season for the first time ever with team games. Um, but yeah, it's been a whole slew of, of some issues. And I think I actually saw on Twitter today that uh, Dave Testa is running. Right, I don't know if he can, maybe he's still running it now, but it's kind of a an exper a reverse Smurf experiment. So we see a lot of these YouTubers that, um, you know, they they ad admittedly Smurf to, for content, right? They're much higher level than of like a, the fresh account of they're playing on. But I think what I heard or saw on Twitter is that Dave got a a four point eight k account. He's actually like a three point nine ish k player. Let's say like high diamond one, and he played on the the account. And from some of the tweets I was seeing, he. He, he would get smashed in some games, but some games he was actually winning. So it's a really interesting take on is how how legit is MMR if a, let's say, 1,000 MMR difference player can play on a much higher account and take some games off of somebody significantly better than them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that is quite inter interesting. Um yeah, I don't, I don't know a lot about the, like, the whole smoke. I know like people talk about the smurfing situation. Uh, I, I'm not too invested. I know like everyone and everyone and their mother has done like a bronze to grandmaster series right now. Just bullying the lower ranks. Uh, yeah, uh, it's weird. I don't know. Yeah, the the bronze to GM uh, series. They probably just get a lot of views, especially if it's something unique. Yeah. Like I watch a lot of Utherm, a lot of Hearthstone, Proxy Planetary, uh, Proxy Nexus. Uh, I think I've seen Widowmine, BC. There's a whole slew of like unique things out there. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure people like the illusion of like, oh, like this guy can go from bronze to grandmaster with any build. That means that I can do it as well. Like I just need to put down like hard work and dedication. And it's like, well, it's not wrong, but he's just mechanically so much better than everyone he's playing against that what he's actually doing doesn't matter. He's just going to win anyhow, right? Exactly, exactly. Especially the super high mechanic players like Arainer, who are now dabbling into to random. So, yeah. Okay, going back to your story. I know we get, I like to get off topic a bit here. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
So you're, you're Taryn, you hit Grandmaster League in 2017. Um, what, what is your favorite matchup now that you're, you've hit Grandmaster League as Taryn? Or even modern oh. day Taryn? Hmm. That's a hard one. Uh, I've always been good in TVT and TVP and bad in TVZ because uh, I'm a, like a hyper-aggressive player, and those matchups pretty much award the one being the more aggressive. Whereas versus Zerg, it's more like you have to be mechanically better than your opponent, uh, especially in today. Like, there's no way to like just get a cheeky win. Uh, there's like not a lot of all-ins that work, not a lot of... Um, there's not a lot of things that catch as a Zerg of guard because of like how the creep and the overlord mechanic work. Like, they have... Essentially, map hack. It's I'm not balance winding. It's just like a joke. But um, and I think it has it forces Terran to play like in a very certain and specific way. There's like no other build than three CC openings, which makes I I think the matchup is probably in like a pretty good place right now. Probably a little Terran is probably a little bit too strong because of ghosts. Uh, but I would still have to say that TVP is probably my favorite matchup because I feel like you can always get something done in that matchup there's always a chance where you can just outright kill your opponent compared to Zerg that feels sometimes unbreakable and Terran that also oh, sometimes feel unbreakable because it's uh, like how Terran, how good Terran is with defender's advantage. Uh, and with the Raven nerf as well, the matchup has been like completely different. It, the matchup used to be, you know, Raven Viking only. And now it's more like you open some Ravens, you go Medivac and then some Vikings. So being just like, Hyper-aggressive in TVT has also become the, the new norm, I think. Um, and um, the matchup feels like a little, a little bit more random. But I think it's more fun for viewers to watch it as well. Because before TVT was like this just stalemate of a matchup. Where both feels like siege up tanks and waited for the other one to try and make a move. And then stop that move. And the game would always go to like 20 plus minutes. Um, but... but uh, yeah, TVP is probably my favorite matchup right now. Okay, so you, you've always liked, you think you've always been good at, at TVT, but your your favorite matchup is TV is TVP. A lot yeah. of variety in that matchup. Uh, chat, go ahead and clip it because you heard it here first. Monster Grandmaster League Terran saying Terran's a little bit too strong, uh, especially you were talking about ghosts there. Um, yeah, I think I think Protoss is. I mean, when I play Protoss, I I have a difficult time playing against Terran, especially Mind Drop. So, okay. So your favorite matchup is TVP. Yeah. And then... I also, I also want to uh, say something about TVP. Uh, I'm pretty sure late game Terran versus Protoss is hugely in favor of Terran as well right now. I don't think Protoss has like a reasonable uh, answer to Ghost Viking. I don't think I ever lose a game when it goes to like late game Ghost Viking. It's just so easy to play for Terran, especially with the carrier change where... Vikings just a move carries now, where before they would like target the interceptors and die. So like, I I feel like sometimes Protoss doesn't really have an answer to getting carpet EMP'd, uh, especially in the late game. Yeah, that was my uh, my short Protoss apologist rant. <laughs> <laughs> so even late game TV, TVP you're talking about with the it's the um, the way in which Colossus work, the targeting for Colossus previously uh, carriers. Or sorry, sorry, not Colossus carriers. Yeah, yeah. I misspoke there. Um, you would yeah, units would enemy enemy units from carrier would auto target. Um, what was it? The the interceptors. Now it targets the the keep on saying Colossus uh, carrier. So and you said blanket EMP, EMP. That's just a bunch of ghosts just EMPing an entire shields off an entire Protoss army. So 
Yeah. I mean, like, Proto's only realistic answer to that is, like, Tempest Disruptor. And, I mean, that gets awkward because on a map where there's a lot of uh, environmentals where, you know, high ground, low grounds, ramps and stuff, Disruptors lose a lot of their value. Especially in like, a late game where Terran can just build a million turrets and, like, siege a few tanks and then just have the rest go some Vikings. That seems, like, super hard for Protoss to play against. I'm very happy I play Terran. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, that sounds like it can be a very technical uh, micro late game matchup for sure. Okay, uh, moving along with you as a player, what's your favorite unit in the game? It doesn't even have to be Terran necessarily. Um, hmm. Wow. Uh, Maybe Ghost. It's not like a... Yeah, I think like the ghost. I like it because it's broken, but I don't think it's my favorite <laughs> unit to use. About uh, well, maybe, I think my favorite unit is probably just the marine. The marine is so flexible and so strong. It's good in every stage of the game. Uh, I feel like it's like the unit I miss the most when I do like my mech weeks, where I only play mech. It's the marine. Like having the utility of a marine uh, of a unit that just attacks up and down early game is so strong. Uh, and how well it just scales with upgrades as well. The Marine is fucking sick. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Marine, I saw, a, a, I think it was an Instagram post or, or maybe even TikTok from Beomulf about, I think it was Beyond dropping like not even a full medevac Marines into a Protoss base and just Beyond having insane efficiency with the, those limited amount of Marines just killing probes. And uh, yeah, Marine has a, a great use for sure. It, their potential seems like limitless in a sense, right? Because because of the fact that they can attack up and down, and they scale with stim, and they get more health combat shield, like all that stuff. And medivacs make marines like even stronger. So it, it, because they make them more maneuverable, it's like a fast unit that gets more maneuverable, that's insane. That's crazy. It'll be interesting to see what is the the stormgate equivalent of marine. I I, I imagine there has to be one. So yeah, probably. Uh, we had one question in the chat from Arcane Zero. Uh, just a friendly reminder to everybody that's live right now. Feel free to post your questions in the chat. And I'm actually copying and pasting any question that's in the chat into the doc. And we can address those at the end of the podcast. So I won't lose your question like I possibly did previous episode. Uh, we're going to have a good history here of every single question. Even if it's a, a troll kind of question, whatever. It's, it's related to StarCraft 2. It's towards Monster. We'll answer it at the, at the end here. Okay. Uh, let's talk about MMR. Um, everybody loves talking about MMR, flexing their MMR. What is your current MMR range? So currently I am between, I'm pretty sure my monster count, like my main account, I'm 5,200, uh, 5, mostly because of playing mech. <laughs> and then mech week is 5,300. And then I have uh, a, a barcode account that's in 5,600, which is my more regular MMR. Like I, I usually flow between 55 and 5,600 when I'm tryharding. Um, so th yeah, that, my MMR range is from five to five six, so it's like low GM, mid GM, basically. That's the MMR range for me, and it's always been like that. I've never been like a high GM player. I had a MMR peak of fifty nine ninety nine, and then went on a huge losing streak. Oh my gosh, one MMR away, yeah, from six k. And I remember there was this like Reddit, uh, like Reddit thread. I don't remember. Igor linked it to me. It was like. 
oh, if you got 59, you're basically worth 6K. And everyone was like, and he was like, no. Okay, you either get it or you don't. And I'm, that's the truth. Like me being 59.99, it never felt like I was 6K. Never. It was, I was so close, but couldn't get it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that is so, that is so close. Yeah. And so 5,200 50, kind of playing mech with a particular mech week, uh, but you kind of float, usually float around 5,600. 5, yeah. I, I was looking at an AGM ladder recently and the MMR, the 100 point increments or 100 MMR increments uh, for NA at the time when I looked at about a week or two ago, there was a lot of five mm-hmm. five five four, but where you're at five six, there's not a lot of five six five seven five eight. The gap between five five to let's say six k, it's not a lot of players, at least on NA. I know there's a lot more folks that play on EU, so uh, I think this it's kind of the same case uh, on EU. It's like a massive gap, massive massive gap uh, between. I think like if you're good enough to become like five six five seven five eight, you might as well be six k because like there's not a lot of players there. It's all about like the amount of games you put in. Uh, and if you're good enough to get like five six, you should be good enough to beat everyone below five six as well. So the only time you should be losing are to people higher than you. And if like that's like how you improve in MMR. Like the only thing you have to you never have to beat people that are better than you. You just can't lose against people that are worse than you, right? So as long as you keep beating, like you keep farming these five four five three players, you will always like get higher and higher up in MMR. Because like losing to a 6k player once, it's like minus four MMR. It doesn't matter. Um, but like if you, these like 10 point victories from five four players, they keep racking up. Like you you will reach like pretty insane MMRs pretty quickly if you use like no don't lose to those like four eight protosses occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> I could just imagine some some four eight protoss in, in the chat or like listening in the future, or even like a five four player when you said you're farming like a five four player and to them <laughs> that they, they have the mindset of like uh, actually, yeah, they have the mindset of I've got nothing to lose. And if you're five, four or five, six, and you're saying you can't lose to these like anywhere from like slightly lower MMR players that are five, four or five, five to all the way down to like four, eight, like those players have the mindset of like, I can just go ape shit crazy, even if I lose whatever. But if I win against a five, six player, it's like plus 40 or something or, or even more. Yeah, it's early Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> early Christmas. Yeah. MMR present for sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, some some additional questions in the chat that I've been putting back into the doc here. Uh, chat talking about some a bit of some nostalgia MLG moments. Okay. Um, what is your play style? Do you like cheese macro? Kind of a mixture. You said you had previously talked about having a mech only week. Yeah, the mech weeks are mostly macro. Uh, but me as a player. I have always been timing based, so all in. Uh, not re- I've never been like much of a cheesy player. I don't. I like. I have had my my big success uh, successes has been with like cheese. Uh, been like pretty good players with cheese. Uh, but I, I would say that by my my play style is you know I like SCV all ins, especially against Protoss and uh, and against Terran as well. I, I don't know if you guys have ever seen that, but breaking some mech compositions with just pulling all your boys is pretty. Uh, I don't think I've seen that for a while. Like, so this is like a, a bio, like boys pull versus mech. Yeah, I do it if I see that they play a Viking tank playstyle with very few amounts of hellbats. I think pulling workers then can be really strong because they don't have that like frontline soaking ability. 
So, like, just having your Marines tank while your bio gets up to the tanks is so strong. Interesting. Oh, you mean the, uh, you said Marines tank. You mean the SCVs tanking? Like oh, yeah, the, the SCVs tank. The, the, yeah, yeah. the, 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 the tank shots? Got it. Yeah. Okay. So you're... Mean, like, if the Marines get up to the tanks, the, the tanks will start friendly, like, friendly firing each other as well. So it's... It, there's a lot of advantages to it. Um, the, the biggest back, uh, backset is that you lose your economy. So <laughs> you have to kill them. But I mean, it, it's an interesting thing. Like if you guys ever play a ladder and you're a tram player and you see some guy playing mech and he just goes tank Viking, you should try it. It's actually, I've had like decent success with it. It's a lot of fun. So is this like, yeah, a, like a two base or like a three base timing you're talking about? Oh, it's most like three or four base. Uh, doing a two base as a VPO versus Terran doesn't really make a lot of sense. Uh, because like you don't have enough stuff where you can overwhelm them, even if you pull your boys. Uh, you you only have like a few marines and like a few tanks, and having the SV's tank, uh, it's not gonna make a big of a difference uh, because like he basically they, they always have the same amount of units as you. But like if they play mech and you play bio and you get into like a three four base situation, the bio economy is always better because the mech player has to invest into turrets and stuff while the bike can just keep expanding. So if you, you're just gonna end up in a position where you have like 30 to 40 more supply and pulling the workers then it's like actually really strong because effectively instead of your army being a what, like 110 supply army it's probably gonna be like a 200 supply army right with all the workers just smashing into them when they're like stuck on 150 supply and usually 70 to 8 of those being workers oh, so you pull you pull all the boys to get up to oh, like yeah, a... every <laughs> single one of them they're all coming there's usually some guy left on gas because you know they're in the gas when i pull all the workers but yeah all of them are coming with this like we don't we don't do anything half-hearted, okay? We're going all in. <laughs> that that is a commitment for sure. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Also, another one of my favorite plays. Uh, I I have done this like a lot on stream. Uh, is tricking opponents that I have empty medevacs. Like I send my empty medevacs boosting them towards the main, and like I made them react to like, oh my god, he's doom dropping me, and then I just attacking with my army that's just waiting outside of. Uh, like sensor tower or creep, and then everything just stims in, and their whole army is just out of position. That's also like, like a cool move. Another one is putting uh, widow mines under tanks against Mutas. That's a fun one. If you guys have never tried that one, you should do it. I even had a moment where I was talking to a friend on stream where it was like, wouldn't it be cool if you like attacked the Thor until it was like low health? So, and then you put like widow mines under it. So, when the Mutas like see it, they're like, oh, I can kill that. And then they dive in. Uh, and like the widow mine just fire and i was like you know i'll do that so i i attacked my own thor until i had like 30 percent health the mutas like saw the thor run away so i was low and was like oh i gotta get it and then they flew back in and just got showered by widow mines and he lost like 60 supply in like two seconds it was beautiful <laughs> just some some troll or kind of like funny strats for sure attacking your own thor putting some widow mines to just destroy some mutas the tank one that that's that sounds really awesome too actually <laughs> uh, so if we have a second i can actually i have a clip of me doing that in a in a tournament um i'll try and see if i can find it i'm pretty sure i clipped it where um my clips of twitch is that it's like my clips twitch right pretty sure that's the link um oh, i'm not sure but yeah, we can link it in the chat i don't have a like a source set up in OBS to display yeah. it on the podcast for now, but uh, it can we can include this in the show notes for people listening in the future. And then for yeah. the live folks here, we can put this in the chat. So this was from a German. Should I just put it in chat? Sure, um, sure. So <laughs> I was a bit PM. I'm pretty sure I put a smiley face, but the guy we talked about every game, 
spell this. It was so sick. Uh, and the reason why it's called Thanks Monroe is because I asked Monroe, well, I, I don't know if you guys know Mick Monroe is, uh, but he's like a old GM, like pretty successful Turk. And I asked him, like, how do you deal with Mulas? Because Kayan's Mulas is like one of the reasons why I hate playing TVZ. And um, he, uh, like, he was basically, you just put four Widowmans on a tank, man. That's what you do with Mutas. And I'm pretty sure he was trolling, but I believed him. <laughs> so I just started doing that. And it's like the, the thing I always do against uh, Sorg now when I pick his Mutas. Like, oh, yeah, let's just trick him. Uh, and they, they fall for it like a surprising amount of time, like a lot of times, even at like Grandmaster level. I haven't played you know, a lot you of put your tank in like a vulnerable position, and they're like, oh no, the tank is exposed. <laughs> they die for it. <laughs> I haven't been playing a lot of Terran at all recently, but now I want to play Terran and I, I want to do this. And I've said in previous podcast episodes, it would be really great if this podcast was part of like the meta shift of, of ladder. You know, you see people doing stuff on YouTube, like Hearthstone or whoever, and we we see it all, like us average ladder enjoyers, we start to see these like, proxy nexus the ridiculous things it'd be so great even if like a pros doing it in tournament hearing it on this podcast or through word of mouth like we just start to see people doing like mines under tanks i'm going to open up the clip here so for folks on the live here you won't be able to see it but you might, you'll should be able to hear it but i'm going to put this in the show notes like i said for okay so this is a clip here it's called thanks monroe from two years ago is a Swedish caster? Uh, German. German, okay. Oh my god! <laughs> okay, so just to narrate what's, what I just saw in the clip here. This is, um, it's a best of three. We're in game two of Monster vs. Dronehard. And let's, what's the supply here? So the supply is 177 Monster. Dronehard is 173. Uh, Monster's down 54 workers versus Zergs, 83 workers. A handful, uh, uh, not a handful, uh, several mutas are at your like third base now, killing a command center. There's a tank that's kind of positioned in between your third and your natural, it looks like. And there's how many? There's at least four widow mines there. So the mutas fly <laughs> over the widow mines. I'm very proud about the moment. Uh, and we see, we see the supply instantly go from, for the Zerg supply, instantly go from 179 to 135. All the mutas are dead. So, and he, you do type the Marine smiley face during the game. <laughs> it was kind of BM. It was kind of BM. But kind, as I said, like, we talked about it like after the game, and he was like, that was actually fucking funny. Like, it was so funny. Like, he was just laughing when I, when I typed that because... Like he knew about like I'm pretty sure like when talk, he knew about the widow mines as well because he had an overlord of my natural land. He knew that there was a widow mines under the tank, but he kind of forgot and like the heat of the moment. And he was like, "Oh, free tank!" And then it's like, and then like when he sees all the white lines, you know, from the target of wind lines, he was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> <laughs> even even better and more wholesome when your opponent like isn't raging and he actually like kind of like props, you know, like that was that was actually pretty good. So yeah. Okay, um, not sure if people like if you just join the 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 podcast, the stream here again. I'm going to give the link that we we're just talking about this clip of uh, a play style that Monster did in a tournament with some widow mines underneath the tank versus a Zerg, and Zerg supply went from 179 to 1, 135 instantly. So <laughs> great, great memory for sure. 
Okay. Um, next question here. What is, what is your favorite cheese per matchup? And you said you're more of like a, a timing based type of player. So maybe like favorite timing based, you know, build, let's say. Well, since Igor is in chat, I have to say that I love two rexing. I, it's my favorite thing to do. Uh, I remember me and Igor were playing a, a custom game once and, uh, I, I, it was probably to like settle some dispute. I can't remember what, and I just ended up two rexing him and, he was so upset, so mad, and it was so funny. Um, but like, I'm pretty sure I beat I've beaten like so many good players with uh, uh, like with um, like with the two racks. I'm um, uh, my one my one win show was with, was with the two racks. It was like back when I was uh, low masters, like back in the days. I remember I beat him one game with the two racks. Pretty good feeling. Um. I've beaten Johnny Rico with two racks in the best of three. I've two racks him twice to just get a like a quick and easy win. Like the eleven eleven has a place in my heart. Okay, it's such a oh, beautiful build. Marines in the early game, man. Eleven eleven is that a legacy build or is this a eleven eleven is Wings of Liberty and Hollow the Swarm? So it's okay. ten beat, so eleven racks eleven. So that's like why it was called the eleven eleven. Yeah, that that. I forgot about eleven eleven. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> good, good times, good memories. Okay, uh, I had an additional question in the chat. I put in the doc. So anybody in the chat again, if you have a question um, for Monster, we can adjust that towards the end. So favorite cheese eleven eleven, just a two a simple two rex, uh, which ends up not being so simple, being super effective in a lot of scenarios, a lot of uh, matchups. And then yeah, and it's also like the micro potential, right? Because of, and then like some maps you can build three bunkers to fully wall. So like they can't surround the bunkers with drones and like Ultron Rill and stuff like that. It's actually like kind of complicated. I wish 2 Rex was better against Protoss and Terran. Like if you 2 Rex Terran, you have to go 2 Rex Reaper, which is not like as fun. Against Protoss, like 2 Rex can be good, but usually it's like meh uh, because of how strong, you know, early game Protoss units are, like Stalkers being able to kite Marines, Adept doing, like, almost two shotting Marines in the early game, stuff like that, you know? Yeah, so without Adepts back then, um, Stalker Micro was, isn't what it is today, um, for sure. Yeah, and I think the maps being smaller, too. You know, maps are giant now. Uh, yeah. Even setting up that two racks, you're gonna, it's gonna take maybe some more time. Oh, and back then there was also some randomness because we've had a lot of four player four player maps, right? So sometimes do the reason why two X was so strong is that you could proxy in the middle of the map, and if your opponent got unlucky, they won't know until it hits you because like they scouted in the wrong pattern or like got unlucky with the scouting. Yeah, I, I keep on forgetting too about the uh, the force potential uh, force spawn maps. Glad we don't have that anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it was very unhealthy for the game. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we got a couple more questions to wrap up the player topic here. Um, what are your goals if you have any as, as a player? Uh, probably try to be grandmaster until the game dies. I am not. I am way past like becoming better as a player now. Uh, I don't really play that much StarCraft anymore. I, the only time I play is basically when I stream, and that's like once in the blue moon. I compete in Swedish tournaments when there are some. I compete in online tournaments when people want me to compete. I usually, it's not like on my own accord I sign up to things. It's more like if people are like, hey, you should play this, I will play. But I don't play like any of the weeklies anymore. That I, I don't have the time and I don't have like the, the drive to do that. But like if people want to see me play, I'll show up. 
for sure. Uh, but no, I don't have any goals other than you know keeping my rank as a grandmaster until the very end. I think. Yeah, that, that's pretty respectable and understandable. Keeping your grandmaster rank, rank until StarCraft Two really sunsets, which we we don't know when that will be. Uh, you know, with the tournament scene dwindling down from professional standpoint, but then the community really stepping up this year, and then you know Stormgate allegedly being uh, beta sometime this year. So, okay, yeah, we'll see what happens in Stormgate. Um, I might play it. I don't know. I haven't chosen. I haven't decided yet, but we'll see. Okay. Uh, next question here. Do you ever off race like current day? Oh yeah. Um, I played, I played a lot of random. I have a thousand wins with every race. Uh, uh mostly because like I ended up switching back and forth between races in Wings of Liberty and like Hollow the Swarm. Uh, I like went to Protoss, went to Serb, went to Terra, went to Protoss. It's like mostly because like I couldn't, you know, you, you reach a plateau where you can't improve in the morning. You're like, it has to be the race. So <laughs> you switch race and you play for a bit. You reach like around the same MMR. Uh, my my, I have almost been grandmaster. I'm pretty sure I've been grandmaster with Protoss. Um, I got grandmasters one season, like five, when grandmaster was like five three, five four. I got grandmasters with Protoss. Serg, I peaked five two. Uh, I tried to get grandmaster, couldn't do it. Terran held me back. Uh, even when I played Protoss, PVT was my worst matchup. I I don't understand like. It's like I just fundamentally don't understand the beat Terran. <laughs> it's so hard um, when I off race, but yeah, I, I play. I played quite a bit of Zerg and I played like, quite a bit of Protoss. Uh, especially like I played a lot of two two for like a long time. I was a pretty high ranked two two player on Europe, so playing random there was always like obviously at an advantage over only playing Terran. Uh, because like there was like some random mess like they don't like I understand to play uh, my race but they don't know what I'm playing so I, I just get an immediate advantage. Um, yeah, but uh, so but m m like ninety percent of the time I play Terran. Okay, so ninety percent of the time you're playing Terran. You said you got the thousand wins uh, portrait for random. I'm a bit jealous of that. I don't have that yet. And mm -hmm. uh, even getting GM with Protoss when when GM is. Uh, kind of minimum 5-3. I think nowadays, especially NA, it's a lot lower to get GM mm -hmm. than something like 5-3. And maybe that's kind of the difference between EU and NA. Um, yeah. Okay, uh, last question here. Uh, it's We've kind of talked about it indirectly here, but what server do you play on? I, I am EU-based and not NA cringe. Um, <laughs> just kidding. Uh, I, I play on EU, but I played a little on, on NA as well. Uh, I'm pretty sure we're going to that later when we talk about like my past teams and stuff. But uh, I used to work night shift, and back then playing on EU was not very good because there was nobody. You know, when you're up to like 7 a.m., there's nobody playing on EU. But however, NA is very live and well, so I played on NA for basically like three or four seasons. So I, I have played like a lot of games on NA. I'm pretty sure I have like four or five K games on NA. Yeah, that, that's a good amount of games for sure. Do you ever play on Korea? No, the the ping is like I, I'm pretty sure I have 400 ping. I, like, I'd rather play on Australia than play on uh, Korea. <laughs> like the ping is better to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 400. But that's I, I complain when I try to play. Um, I think EU the best I can get from NA West is like 140, 150, and I'm I'm just like I don't want to play this. And similar mm -hmm. ping to Korea. Uh, it might be a little bit better in Korea from NA West, but I'm so spoiled. Just whenever I get NA West, NA West, I'm, I'm in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Okay, so that wraps up the the category about you as a player. Uh, let's talk about you as a streamer. Um, so your uh, when did you start streaming on Twitch? So I, I'm pretty sure I started talking about this a little player section, but I started streaming with a friend of mine called that I met through StarCraft called Riley. And me and Riley uh, met playing team games, and he's an Australian uh, third player, and he doesn't play anymore. He doesn't, like, we don't really talk anymore, unfortunately. I'm still, like, he was part of a friend's group that I still talk to. So, like, some, I still have contact with some of the friends, but he's, like, married now. His life is completely different. I've tried messaging him once or twice, but he doesn't, like, have, he doesn't want to reach out to me. And that's fine, you know, like, we, people grow apart. It doesn't really matter. Uh, but we made a Twitch channel called Aki and Me, and we had something called the Farmers League, which was, like, this just fun idea we had where we had made a spreadsheet where, like, a bunch of challenges that you had to, like, go through. And you would go to like random.org. Uh, there was like a 100 like 100 challenges, and like people would play against each other uh, in one v one games, where like on stream, and they had to like one do one of these like random challenges. So like there was like a, like build a wall uh, where like you had to build like the Great Wall of China in the middle of the map with like depots and buildings. That was like one goal during the game, or it was like only playing certain like mono battles and stuff like that. So that's how my career started. And after that, when um, when he kind of got a girlfriend, he moved on in life, and I was stuck here alone. I just took over to the channel and I started streaming my one v one games, and um, you know, like saving clips to YouTube and doing stuff like that. And that I'm pretty sure, like, I streamed a little bit uh, because, like, we like back then, like, we I'm pretty sure we had like 200 followers, and back then, like in 2010, 2011, 2012. Twitch was like kind of big because we weren't just in TV then. It wasn't Twitch. It was like before we merged. Um, so like we were like I would like get like 30, 40 viewers every time I stream, which was like pretty big back then. Because like the only big streamer was Destiny, who would like get every single view that was on the platform because it was the only big streamer. Uh, but like I would get like a decent amount of views when I played Terran Ladder. Uh, I also had like the problem where like my computer wasn't very good back then. No, there was one of the computer. My internet wasn't very good back then. Uh, I grew up playing on like Diesel. If you guys know what that is, it's like it's not like the phone line, but it is. Well, it is the phone line, but it's not like you lose connection when someone calls you. But it is internet through the phone line, and it's copper wiring, so it's like, ah, it's very, very bad internet. Uh, so you know the stream quality was really bad. Um, but yeah, that's basically how it all started out. You might be the oldest streamer I've had on the podcast. If you're talking about <laughs> Justin TV days with uh, Destiny. I mean, getting 40 viewers back then, the Justin TV days, is absolutely massive. Um, so it's it's a bit it's already an early on accom accomplishment. Uh, it even looks like veteran gamer in the chat said he streamed on Justin TV. Uh, for folks that remember Destiny, I, mean, I think he still streams. He's hasn't done StarCraft in many years. I think he's I actually checked him out a couple weeks ago. I think he's still doing his like political debates and combination of personal life stuff. Still has a massive following there. Um, but for you to be streaming back then, getting 40 viewers, when, like you said, someone like a Destiny or maybe even chat saying like Idra is soaking up all the viewers is impressive. And going back to your friend uh, that you no longer are in contact with, we see. I think I've seen some social media video of uh, you might have an instance as a gamer where you're playing with your friends, like team games or whatever it may be. And there may be a time in your life where that game you're playing with that friend it might be the last game you ever play with that person and you're just it's not until after that happens that you realize 
shit, man, that was that was like the last you know StarCraft two game we played together, and it's uh it's it's a bummer. You know, it's it's it sucks to to never play a game with a friend ever again because understandably, you know, because of life circumstances, getting married, um, having kids, or moving away, whatever the case may be. But I can I can understand having a lot of fun with a friend, playing games, and then that moment's just gone in time, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like one of those realities where, like, as you said, like, one, like, I, I usually talk, we have this Discord called Basement Dwellers, which is, like, a Discord for a lot of, like, any players and uh, some EU players, but, like, we're, we got, we're at StarCraft Friends Group, and, like, I've said it before, like, imagine, like, the last time we play together, like, we're just gonna, like, one day, nobody's just gonna show up, and it's all gone. And, like, you kind of want to cherish the moments like you have together now because you don't know how long it will last, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. The older I get, I, 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 really, I really feel what you just said there, just cherishing the moment. And uh, even chat talking about uh, Veteran Gamer talking about he misses an old team he made. And life, life sucks sometimes, yeah. That, that just happens. Um, you know, people either stop becoming a gamer for whatever reason, um, but just got to enjoy it for sure. Okay. Continuing on to the streamer topic here. Um, what kind of streams do you enjoy broadcasting? You know, if you were to fire up a stream, uh, you, you were talking about mech week. Do you like try hard? Do you, are you super interactive with chat or do you kind of like a hybrid? So the streams I do, uh, it has more, like, I usually only stream, uh, like either when I do these like make quick uh, things and then it's like very casual. I used to do fun things. I do, I used to do like these streams where I had a friend called Rare in Discord with me and he would like tell me what I, I should do. Like he would tell me like, oh, only play, how about Thor this game? And then I'll do that. Uh, he like give me different challenges and I do that. So like usually when I stream, it's like I just do fun stuff. I don't really like try hard on stream. Mostly because like I, I think I play worse when I stream. So it's more fun to use, you know, do something I enjoy. Just do something fun. Just, uh, and like you, it's very fun. Like when chat like enjoys the kind of content you put out. Like they're laughing, they're thinking like, "Oh my god, I can't believe this worked!" Like this is so stupid. I like I know it's insane. Uh, yeah, so that's that's the kind of streams I enjoy. Uh, I'm I've always been like the kind of person where I like to make people laugh. So if I'm not making content that makes people laugh, I don't enjoy making the content in a sense. Um, and if it's like through me making jokes or like being like a interactive person, or it's me doing stupid stuff in a video game, like I I don't I don't really care. It's like the end goal is to make people have a good time and have fun, basically. So you've got a Discord called Basement Dwellers, and there was some recent like U.S. news about, um, yeah, like U.S. intelligence leaking on a Discord server, and it it sounds like this could be one of those Discord servers, like. <laughs> That is the, that one definitely. Oh my god! The, uh, you have the, so much shit on the U.S. government. You have no idea. The, 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 <laughs> the U.S. government. Now they're listening to the podcast. They're listening. They're, they got their eyes on the, on the live stream here. The U.S. intelligence leaked to the StarCraft Two Basement Dwellers Discord. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's good to hear that we had heard this in a recent uh, previous podcast episode with ATC Racer talking about just enjoying. Uh, entertaining like funny type of content when you do stream and uh, I, I like to I should try that more as well I think sometimes I try to try hard too much and get in that get in my own headspace with blinders on of like I'm, I'm only playing the game I f maybe even forgot I'm actually streaming so 
I mean, to each your own, right? Like you have to find the kind of content that you like creating. The problem is like, if you're creating content that you do not enjoy, your stream is not either um so you have to like uh, like send out that kind of energy like oh i love doing this thing this is what i like because i remember like the days where i tried to like stream every day for a month uh during the summer and like the the last 15 streams like it was fun the first 16 days the last 15 days were horrible like the viewer count went down i was not really feeling it i didn't want to play those games but i promised myself that i would stream every single day it's just like if you're not creating content that you like like you might as well not create content because like nobody's gonna want to watch you just go through misery and like depression and anxiety like it was not fun playing those games on starcraft in those days like it, there was nothing fun about it because like i was burnt out of ideas i just didn't uh enjoy the game as much anymore and you know like people had to watch that and it's it, it honestly kind of, it kind of sad <laughs> The last 15 days of that month you're talking about remind me of Edra. If you, if any, I'm sure folks in chat have watched Edra at like the downfall of his his professional career and streaming. I think SC2 historian on YouTube had made the, kind of a video about him. But to see him just so angry playing the game, I mean, sure, there's some level of like, haha, it's it's funny, whatever. But it's it's a bummer to see somebody so upset, you know, at, at a at a game and and not really having fun anymore. And I think that's what did it for him in particular. So if we're talking about longevity of sticking with a game, um, yeah. Uh, for, so for folks that aren't familiar, kind of TLDR, uh, Idra was a professional StarCraft II Zerg player for Evil Genius, Team Evil Geniuses. Uh, he, be, he was a streamer, frequent tournament, professional tournament player, but his, his live streams were just him raging at every single game, him raging at his opponents, uh, just raging at like the current meta of the game, um, being pretty pretty bad mannered, I'd say. I mean, we've seen some probably even worse mannered players, but pretty bad mannered players, uh, pretty bad man mannered to his other to his opponents. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure like the 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 like the the tipping point was like I'm pretty sure he made like a liquid post about how much he hated his, and that was like when EG was like, okay, timeout, wait, we can't do. It. Like you can't go around saying call, like, calling like your viewers slurs. I, I'm not really sure what you words to use. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say them. <laughs> but he called his viewers really bad things, and the EG was like, you know, like we can't have you like these are like your diehard fans. They're giving you money. They're giving you time. They're giving you appreciation, and you just can't just go around calling them idiots. Like it doesn't work like that. And he just did it for so long that the kind of just decided like, you know what, like this is it. We're gonna have to let you go. Like they even hired esports like mental coaches for him, and it didn't help. Uh, yeah, and he also like as uh, uh, the veteran gamers in chat, he was like the best foreign player like back in the days like when it comes to brew war like nobody else was good but he got like sent to practice in korea when nobody else was like he was really really good in brew war amazing right and that's that's what makes it so sad having his really excellent i, I don't know too much about brew war but i do understand a bit of his history at being professional going to korea as a brew war player and then the, his downfall in starcraft too and this is back when you know, Evil Geniuses and Team Liquid were like the pinnacle teams. They had premier sponsors like uh, Monster Energy, no pun intended, you being a monster. <laughs> so um, for sure. Yeah, there, there's ramifications if you're a professional acting the, in that way. But uh, if you're having fun with your personal stream, like you're talking about here, it's it's all in good fun. 
Okay. Um, let's talk about your like affiliate, uh, well, on current partner status as Twitch, you're, you're a partner mm -hmm. and you know, you started off in the early days of Justin TV. Let's talk, let's talk about the history of Justin TV to modern day partner. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, as I thought about, I started up doing this like thing and then I got signed with a team called London conspiracy. I can't remember which year, back in 2013, no, 14, 15. And they were sponsored by Twitch. And what back in the days, if you were a team sponsored by Twitch, basically what they would do is that they would like, there was like three ways to get partnered in uh, back in the day. So like when you apply for partner contact, it was either high viewership, you're a per, uh, like a popular person, like a person, like they would just give you a contract if you like you were popular enough. Like if you, if Hillary Clinton was like, I want to stream on Twitch, they would be like, here's the contract. Um, and uh, she probably wouldn't do that. Uh, AOC played Among Us with Hassan, which is like kind of cool, but yeah. Uh, but like, or you could be on a team that was sponsored by Twitch. And that was like the thing I was part of. And I remember like, that was like such a huge thing for me because that means like, like I got partnered. So I, when like the contracts were really good. So now, like, if you sign a contract, like Twitch takes, I'm pretty sorry, like it's 50-50 subs and like there's some other parts. I don't, I don't think I can talk too much about the contract actually, but th th there are some benefits in my contract that would seem insane to people that get partnered today. But the, the contract hasn't changed since like I signed it back in 2015, which is like insane. Like when I, sometimes when I read it, I'm like, wow, like actually like these are things that like, uh, that, that I can do like these are things they account like they have accounted for and like it's part of my like so like my uh how to say um yeah whatever like this is like the things like you expect of me and stuff like that oh, that's like that's insane okay well glad I know that <laughs> makes me wonder if you were I mean you were getting partner back in what was it 2015 like several years yeah. ago and if if you're in some type of grandfathered plan in a sense, compared to like, let's say somebody gets partner today, what is the difference between the partners? And oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm definitely like, when I get my payouts on Twitch, you can see that like, I don't need a lot of subs to like get more money than people that have a lot of subs. Like it, it's big difference. Yeah, for sure. It's a big advantage of you getting in the game early on streaming with justin.tv. It's, uh, it's paying off for sure. Okay. Um, Let's see. And then what are you, so what are your goals for streaming? Well, <laughs> um, I want to reach 500 followers. Uh, like I'm, I'm, I'm pretty casual about streaming right now. Um, I just stream whenever I feel like I have the energy to create content I enjoy. And I'm pretty sure like every time I stream, I get some amount of viewers that I'm like, uh, people show up to watch my streams because I, I think people enjoy watching me. Uh, when I want to create content. I know, like, sometimes I stream because I feel like I have to, and those days, like, I get no viewers, no one wants to watch it, because it's not fun to, like, as I said before, like, watching someone create something they don't want to create. So I stream whenever I have the energy and I have something I want to stream. Uh, we're going to be talking about, like, the tournaments I've been organizing and stuff like that. Those are things I, I always stream, which I think is, like, having my own platform, owning the rights to, like, broadcasting my own tournament is, like, Something that's so nice because it means I own the vaults, I own everything. Like I can create whatever kind of content I want from it. Um, so like having that personal autonomy is obviously great. Um, but like as in like what will be my next step as a streamer, I don't ever see myself wanting to do it full time. I don't even want to see myself do it part time. I just wanted to be like 
when I want to stream, I want people to show up because like I want people to take, uh, well, I don't really care if people show up actually, but I use like, when I stream, I just want to be in a place where like I can create content that I like and I can create content that people enjoy watching. That's, that's it. Yeah, that's such a healthy mindset as a streamer. It can be so easy to get caught up in, in viewer count and uh, a lot of the, the metrics that the Twitch creator dashboard uh, sets as goals. Um, so it, it's nice to hear that you stream when you want to, and you just like, as long as you're enjoying making the content and you know, your viewers are enjoying it. It's, it's a good time for sure. Yeah. Like, I mean, I'm pretty sure you know that like having one interactive view, is like more fun than having 10 viewers that don't say anything like, because like the 10 viewers is just a number. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I prefer smaller streams, uh, hence, hence the podcast, the, the podcast name. I'm typically, I, I will prefer to hop into a smaller StarCraft 2 streamer than, you know, like I did watch a little bit of Big Gabe, for example, earlier today, but I mean, the chat's just flying by. It feels less personal. Um, and, and when you're streaming and you, you see chats and smaller chats interactive, it's, it's a good feeling for sure. Okay. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about uh, the streamer category here before we move on to the next topic? Um... Not that I can come like come up with on the spot. I, I'm pretty sure like I have nothing else to say about my stream. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, maybe like um, if you guys like, I have some funny clips in my Twitch channel. If you guys want to see them, I have this clip of um of me like st like when I was off racing, I steal the disruptor and blow up all the process disruptors. I have some sick widow mine hits, like stuff like that. Like just check out my clips. It's um yeah. Like that's like I feel like that's like the the best part of streaming is that you can capture these moments, uh, like you can capture like these epic moments that happen in your game and like it 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 uh, like usually when you play video games and something sick happens you have no way of like saving that moment right like it's just you playing a game but like if you're streaming it that means that it's immortalized on the internet like everyone can see this moment happen and I I feel like that's also like a huge part of streaming. And you, so <laughs> when I decide if I want to do a play or not, I I have this mental thing that goes through my head. It's like, okay, would this make for a good YouTube clip? Okay. It's like, yes. Okay. We're doing it. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Um, yeah. yeah cl clips are really underrated. And as a viewer, I, I sometimes try to remind myself, like, this is how I can be interactive with the streamer. Uh, sensations hanging out in the chat. One of my moderators um i like he has a lot of uh, sound like blurp clips and channel point redemptions for sounds for that's part of his stream and and when we kind of go off on his stream with the sounds uh that's when i like to clip something there uh niche like the starcraft observer fairly recently implemented like a zoom uh, a, a camera zoom feature for channel points and uh, i made a clip out of that uh, Wootsicle's in the chat. Uh, Wootsicle has some really funny moments. Uh, I think I clipped one moment in one of his streams a week or two ago. So it's it's a good way to. It's like your chat could could create the the YouTube short for you or something, you know. So mm -hmm. yeah, definitely. So if you're in, if you're in the chat um, and you're this this uh, grassroots community of StarCraft. You're watching streams. Don't forget, make make clips. You know, you find a funny moment, and uh, make it make clip. Whether it's a tournament you're watching or a small time streamer, it's it's uh, it's a great boost to the streamer and to the to the community. And we've got a massive raid here from Little Mac. Speaking of uh, 
fellow grassroots community, Little Mac is a a big time caster for a lot of tournaments, a lot of Master League tournaments, a lot of Diamond tournaments. I uh, competed in one of his tournaments a while ago. So thank you, Little Mac, for the raid. 28 folks, welcome. We got Ray Rain up in here, professional player. Uh, yeah, so welcome to everybody. This is the Grassroots StarCraft 2 podcast. Uh, I'm PCH, and we've got Monster on uh, this evening or, or morning for him. So he's a Grandmaster League Terran. Uh, the topics we've gone through so far or him as a player and right now we're kind of wrapping up the streamer topic so he was just talking about uh you know clips and how valuable they, they kind of are if you want to make fun content for sure little mac ain't so little for sure okay so now we can talk about the the monster invitational and some of the casting you've done uh let's talk about you know jumping right into the monster invitational what what is that so I think we should start at the other end. So I think we should start at the LBNT part, uh, which is like the, the team that I started playing for. And this was like back in 2011, 2012 was like the first team, well, 2010, 2011, which was like the first team I was a part of. And LBNT hosted something called Gold Rush and Diamond Rush on L uh, on seek.com. I remember you and me talked a little bit about this in the pre-show. And um, basically the NA side was run by a guy called Orb. And... I remember like my first chance like getting to cast was like such a funny thing. I remember me and Jay Kelvick casted together. And it was just like this like aspect of StarCraft that I've never experienced before. Like like uh, making my thoughts about the game into uh like commentating them and like as they happen on the screen and like giving the insight that I had as like a Terran player commentating, you know, a Terran playing in the tournament. I was like such a unique feeling and I was like I actually actually kind of like this. And my father has always been like a, it's called like a speaker, which is like when you're a commentator for like a sport. So he does like a lot of local things for like the football teams and the uh, hockey teams like here in my hometown. So I already, uh, already had like, uh, like seen my phone. I was like, oh, it's really cool that I can do this for video games. So I got kind of hooked on that and I casted every time I wasn't competing in the Diamond Rush, I would always cast the Gold Rush. Um, I, I never was involved in the NA side. I only did the EU, um, but that's like that's like how my casting started. And I've hosted like tournaments uh, throughout the years, like smaller ones. But the big one I did was back in twenty. Uh, let's see, uh, I have the Liquipedia up. So it was back in twenty twenty, after like towards the end of my summer vacation because we have like we have mandatory four weeks of vacation and during the last week i was like you know we're gonna throw a tournament i had like 400 bucks to spend like 500 bucks i think and i hosted like a two-day event where like on the saturday we had a team event with all the players like they got signed up on two different teams we, i had two friends of mine like pick team uh, like pick players between them like they, they they went back and forth until they had a team of four players and then these uh four play like four play teams played the best of three against each other and the winner of it would get, I think they got $10 per win, and then the team victory would get the players like an additional $10. Uh, and it was like like this great event. And then like the main event where I had Panda Bear me play against Riser in the finals. Panda Bear retirement. This tournament, it was so sick to see. Um, I love Isaac, one of my best friends in StarCraft. Uh, but he came out of it like to play in the tournament. I had like 16 friends of mine sign up, and I <laughs> it was like the, the the biggest reason why I made this tournament is actually because 
I I think like a lot of foreigners and like a lot of players are entitled. Like I've seen like a lot of people complain about that. Oh, this tournament, like this big prize pool tournament, I wasn't allowed to play. So it's like if there's like a big five hundred dollar tournament and like some of these people aren't invited, that would be pretty fucking funny. People would get really mad, and it would be funny. And like the second like the tournament happened, I saw some guy in Twitch chat like, "Oh, what the? This guy played in it. I'm so much better than him. Why was I? Why wasn't I invited? Why couldn't I play in this thing? Why wasn't I made aware of this tournament?" And I just like lied on my bed and I was like, "Oh, I can die happy now. This is like this is this is the point of this thing." <laughs> it's a bit of a psychology move to whether intentional or not or not and inviting like. Um, additional like high level players it, it's a bit of uh maybe even a hype for if you're going to do an, a a follow-up tournament you know for people who are like why wasn't i invited to this and in, in your in your twitch chat and it just builds up the hype for an additional like a, a future tournament um but start so starting off it, it was with the the gold rush the diamond rush type of tournaments playing in it casting in it and then 2020 uh, EU summer EU mandatory vacation. Someone said in chat, "This does sound nice from an NA perspective." I think mm -hmm. uh, I think NA needs to learn a lot from EU, even outside of StarCraft. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, we were, we were talking about like uh, quality of life um, EU kind of versus NA in the pre-show. So okay, yeah. So, so this, this event was like actually like I, I'm pretty sure like we did one uh, the year after, it's like oh, pretty big success like. I have clips of it on my Twitch channel of like Igor fungling. Uh, he was playing against um, Ethereal, who's another enemy Serg, and it was like Ling Ultra versus uh, Lurker Infester, and he just fungled like fifty supply of Banelings. And you don't see that happen, like uh, you like you never see that happen. But that happened in that game, and it was so sick, so cool. Um, so yeah, you said you had a liquid media pulled up right now. Is that something you can link in chat? Oh yeah, absolutely. I can link it to. Um, gang so if you look like the player like there's like a lot of recognizable names especially like in the mid level to high level of uh na maples played in this hapsaya played in this uh hapsaya are pretty far around mac intact played like a lot of these caleb Arrakis, like a lot of these people are friends of mine from uh, basement dweller so you know like a lot of these names are used you know, like a lot of these people use i just invited my friends to this basically i just wanted to host a tournament for like my friends and it was a huge success like i had a pretty big viewership participant like everybody showed up that's like the best thing about having your friends participate in tournaments is that you don't have to be like oh this player some might not show up no everybody showed up and it was like it was so nice like we went through every series on stream we watched every single game we casted every single game and like everybody enjoyed it and i remember like after the game, like after people got knocked out, they wouldn't like leave the tournament. They all sat in the Discord tournament and like talked about the games and like just it was like a big family hanging out. So it was really cool. I like I like that. I like to hear that the the players are talking about the game even after the tournament's over. Uh, to kind of give a, a auditory navigation here of the link you just gave in chat here for folks listening just on a podcast platform. Uh, this is called the Monster Invitational. Like you said, this is uh, the year is 2020. Prize pool is 350. Liquipedia tier is minor. Um, it's a 16 invited players. All matches are best of three. The finals are best of five. Uh, prize pool going uh, top to bottom here. First place, $200. Second place, $100. Third place, uh, $50. Uh, I, at, this, I, at this point, it hopefully wouldn't be spoilers, but first place being Panda Bear Me, like you said, coming out of retirement. Second place is Riser. 
Third place is Maples, and then fourth place is Hupsaya. I got to meet Hupsaya fairly recently at the NorCal Starfest. Really cool dude. And yeah, I see Maples in uh, various Twitch chats like Uko. Um, I think I might have even seen Panda Bear Me and Hop in my stream at one point um, a while ago. But this, yeah, this looks like a fun tournament. Uh, I, I recognize Mackintack in here. Uh, Caleb Atrocious, that sounds like a familiar ID that I might have watched back in the day. Uh, yeah, it's just like a, overall just like a fun, a fun tournament of players for sure. Yeah, and then we have like some com uh, small community members like Liquid. Uh, he doesn't do really the stream anymore, but like he, he was in there. We He's like part of our friends group. Glaive also part of our friends group. Timorus, I don't know if you guys remember him. He was like one of the, when they had like the collegiate star league, he was like the star player for Austin, Texas, like the University of Austin, Texas. So he was also in there. He's a great friend of mine. Uh, and then the like this Crum, the owner of Cryptic Gaming was in there. Endless, also a streamer. Uh, cool kid. Um, you know, like there was just like a bunch of players in there. Like they're all my friends, basically. And it was like this very like, if you see like the dialogue between the players, like people would like every game, people would like have a conversation in the game. Like they didn't actually care that much about winning. It was more like having fun, right? And I, 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 I the tournament has had like uh, was like a very successful format. And uh, as I said, like it, it accomplished what I wanted it to. Yeah, I'm just kind of looking at the different differences between the brackets here. Like the lower bracket, Hupsaya had a hell of a run, like two o, two o, two one. And then getting in the quarterfinals, you know, 2-1 again. And then uh, ends up being Maples knocking him out 2-1 in the lower bracket semifinals. That's a hell of a run, honestly. Oh, we were so impressed by Hapsaya during that tournament. Like, we, we, because, like, we knew he was good. But, like, when he put it, like, when he, like, beat everyone in the lower bracket, we were like, oh, my God, it's going to happen. Like, he's going to get to the finals. And then Maple was like, nope. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Ma I mean, Maples, of course, being like a top NAGM player. It's, uh, I mean, he, it was 2-1. So, I mean, Hup took a game off of him, which is... I'm not sure where Hup's MMR is exactly, but that's that's impressive. Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I didn't see in Discord here. You sent uh, you sent a, a screenshot of your MMR 55,999. <laughs> kind of going back to that topic. That's, yeah, that's a tough brutal, one, man. man. That's a yeah. tough one, man. <laughs> I immortalize it with a screenshot at least, you know, like uh, people can call me, like they can say whatever they want, but like, I, I know what happened. It's brutal. <laughs> War changes people, man. <laughs> when you were, when you were this 5,999, do you remember what the minus was on that? Oh, the game I lost after that? Yeah. No, I don't remember. I used to remember it was a heavy, because the next morning when I woke up, I was, and I was like heartbroken. So, Yeah. Dude, I, I would be screaming if I was 5,999 and getting a loss. Like, oh, I'd have to step away. <laughs> okay. Um, I know uh, as far as order in the dock here. So it looks like we started talking off about Laser Beam Ninja Team. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. And then a bit of the casting and then talking about the Monster Invitational. Is there anything else in this category here you wanted to talk about? Uh, I hosted a Wings Liberty tournament the year after. That was also won by Panda Bear Me. And the finals was Panda Bear Me. And that tournament was... Uh, uh, it was like... It was not as big. But it was like... The same... It was fun. Um, I'll see if I can find it on Liquipedia. Uh, uh, and like hosting a Wings Liberty tournament was actually really interesting. 
uh, it was like a uh, a fun thing. Uh, it was like this was like a way small tournament. It's like uh, I think it was sixteen players, but the liquid pool only chose eight uh, because like yeah, all, all, the other games sucked to be honest. Uh, but uh, like making people play Wings of Liberty when they have like some of these people that played didn't play Wings of Liberty. It was like actually like a lot of fun. Uh, Pili Pili getting Bane busted like three games in the finals was also like kind of exciting to see because like he had Panda Bear in every macro game and then Isaac was like you know what if you don't understand how to wall I will just keep Bane busting you um, <laughs> okay I'll so you... link uh, I'll, I'll link it in chat as well so this was the second tournament I hosted so this was in 2021 and there was supposed to have been a Monster Invitational 3 in 2022 we'll play Heart of the Swarm but something came like I had some personal issues so I couldn't host it and I decided not to host it uh, I might host it this summer uh, but I haven't decided yet it might, it might be because like a lot of players that play in this don't really play struggle anymore it's like forcing them to like forcing Isaac to come out of retirement is one thing but forcing every single one to come out of retirement yeah that's pretty rough I'm not sure if we have uh, is Pilly in the chat still? He was in the chat earlier, but yeah, for anybody that's in the chat, uh, show some love in the chat if you want to see a Monster Invitational three. So this uh, Monster Invitational two, Wings Liberty 2021, like you're saying, prize pool is 200. Uh, location is it says North America, but I see you know some EU players as well, um, and like you said, you know Panda Bear me winning it again, Pilly Pilly coming in second. Jackal coming in third, and then Groovy Man coming yeah. in for fourth. We oh, had Foxer in this, Practice X. Practice X is, is a, a great dude. Get some good raids from Practice X. Disrespect. Uh, again, Caleb Atrocious and Riser being in the notable participants. Yeah, and Panda me having a, a run in the lower bracket. going Actually yeah, going... He also, yeah, he lost a pill in the upper and then had to go from a lower bracket run the tournament that was pretty cool yeah that sounds like a, a good history for sure oh there's a player called barry punch is that yeah, like... that's barry crunch yeah oh okay it's, it's barry crunch i was like there's a different player named barry punch <laughs> maybe a typo <laughs> or something i'm pretty sure like the, the guy who did this for me on uh alpha alpha whatever i'm pretty sure like he just uh like it says wilo uh, but it wasn't wilo his name is alif i think is the name of the streamer um, I, I I can't remember his name, but like it, it's not Wilo. It's like another. It's another Zerg player. Uh, I just haven't like gotten around to like change everything. Uh, because like I I'm pretty sure like they have to confirm it, and then like if I don't get the name right, you know, <laughs> it's yeah yeah yeah. And something that's you know, what is it approaching th two years ago? Uh, yeah. might be tougher to get real actual verification. I know, Liquipedia tries to be strict about. Uh, some of their like history verification. So, okay, awesome. So, Monster Invitational one and two might might see uh, Monster T Invitational three this summer. Okay, let's talk about you as a fan. Um, current favorite pro players. Let Let's talk about that. So currently, I would have to say probably Maru because he's just super impressive. Um... He just like always uh, finds a way to win games that I don't think I can win. Like he just forces like these absolutely long games, like insanely long games where he just out macros, out micros, and outperforms all his opponent. It's just so magical to see. Um, if I had to choose a foreigner, probably Clem because he's just he's just so fast. 
and it's that's also impressive to see. Um, he's not quite as Mario's level, but he's definitely a super, super good. So top favorite player, Mario, and then kind of a, maybe a close second would be Clem. Clem's still being really young, and with somebody like really fast mechanics, it'll be hopefully good to see that translate in Stormgate. So for sure. Okay. Um, which pro tournaments are your favorite, would you say? I mean, we're seeing GSL kind of dwindle down this year. Is is, is that still a favorite for you? I, I'd say my favorite tournament has always been Homestore Cup because, as I said, like the Monster Invitational uh, has this like family feeling. Homestore Cup definitely has the same feeling to it. Like it's just like a bunch of friends hanging out for a couple for a weekend, drinking and playing StarCraft. So it's like such a it's such a cool thing to see. So uh, and it's always like great moments happening in the Take TV studio. So I I, I really like Homestore Cup. Have you been to a Homestore Cup? What's the commute like there for you? <laughs> I I have never been to Homestore Cup. I've actually never been to an event outside of Sweden to compete in StarCraft or like watch StarCraft. I I really like being in Sweden. I think Sweden is an amazing country. I've left the country for other things, but not for StarCraft purposes. Um yeah. Okay. And then I guess this what you had just said about you know, like not really leaving Sweden for any StarCraft events. This is um, how many live events have you been to? Any live events in Sweden? So I've been to DreamHack uh, a few times to watch StarCraft. And I've been to like smaller live events, um, like local events. Uh, so the, the team I uh, played for for the longest time it was a Swedish product called uh, Compass Clone. I, I'm, wearing their, wait, I'm wearing their jersey right now. And uh, they're uh, they once a year they host a something, something, something called the the Compass Land, and I used to go to that every year, and I would never win it, but it was really fun to participate because it was an all Swedish StarCraft tournament, and people everybody knew each other. It was like a lot of fun. Usually, like in southern Sweden, so I had to travel like a very long time. I was usually exhausted when I got there because I live in northern Sweden, so it's like. I don't know if you guys have seen Sweden. It's like a massive country, like on like from the length, like top to bottom. And I lived towards the very top, and I had to go to like Gothenburg, which is basically at the border to Denmark. It's like very, very far down. Like we're talking about like in Swedish, it would be like 150 miles. I don't know what that's in American, but probably like 200, 250 miles. Like a lot. It's like that's a long travel. Um, so so but. Those events I've uh, always liked enjoying. When there have been like local lands, like StarCraft II com uh, competitions in the closed cities, I've been to all of those. Frostbite was like a thing in the uh, like a closed city. There's Norrsjön, which is like a Swedish land event. Dreamac used to be in uh, a close town to me as well, but it doesn't exist anymore. It's been replaced by Norrsjön. Uh, like all those local lands I go to as well. Uh, but like traveling outside, like going to Katowice and stuff like that, even if it's close and like the travel isn't that expensive, I I don't, I can't, like the feeling of not being able to go home whenever I want, it's like a feeling that I don't like. I, I like the comfort of like, I can always return home, you know? Yeah, yeah that's, that's totally a personal choice. And it's nice to hear a bit of like Sweden kind of StarCraft history, like local events, having to travel all the way being in the north to, to the south. And when you when you went to Compass Land, you said you wouldn't win that. Who who was winning those the Compass Land? Oh, uh, so one year a guy called Lovecrit won it. Another year a guy called Bloop won it. Um, there was like because like I've been like a pretty good uh, Swedish player, but there's always been someone better than that showed up to that land and just crushed me. 
<laughs> um, there's not like there hasn't been like a, there wasn't like a lot of people at those things. It was most uh, Compass was like the biggest Swedish clan, but we never had people like Sword Off or stuff like that. We have Starnan in the clan right now, who's like he's like an ex pro. He was like very good in Wings of Liberty, but he's not very good now. But he's in the clan. He's like a known name. I know Thorsane like heard about Compass and like was interested in joining, but ended up not doing it, which it's sad. That would have been a great addition. Um, but I mean, like the Swedish community is kind of small right now. We do things together sometimes. We had Funcraft a few weeks ago where uh, I don't know if you know Fighting Frog is. He ended up taking that down against me in the finals. So I got second place in that. Um, but like the Swedish community is like it's not that strong anymore, and it's kind of sad to see. And I wish that we could find a way to band together like the few people we have left and just like make something happen. But it's very hard. Like we we in the Compass Clan, like we work not very hard, but we work like a decent amount of time trying to make it happen. But it's it's hard to gain friction, right? Yeah, definitely. I think it's hard to get, like you said, talking about the monster invitationals, it's hard to get retired players out of retirement to play for a particular tournament, even if there is a some type of financial prize pool there. Uh, we actually have Macintac in chat, so welcome. Uh, again, reminder to everybody in the chat uh, as we're kind of progressing through the podcast here. If you have a question for Monster, uh, I've been copying and pasting your questions into the doc here. We're gonna we're gonna address all those questions at the end of the podcast. I actually think like one of those things that I've learned from like hosting tournaments stuff like that is that, and it's like it's not my original idea. My 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 friend Siegfried, it's like usually. If people haven't decided that they're gonna play in like an event, like even if like any amount of money is not gonna change that. Like people, as you said, like are not gonna come out of retirement to play in a five hundred dollar prize per tournament. If they decide they're gonna play this tournament, they're gonna play it whether it's like a ten dollar or fifteen dollar event. They don't really care about the money. They they like kind of want to do it for like the like coming like coming out to play and doing the thing. So the money doesn't really change that. Uh, so like making these people come out uh, of retirement just to play games is like. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what I saw in the NA scene recently with NorCal Starfest. There was a lot of players that had, you know, come where were retired and they, you know, they whether they had to travel kind of locally or I think even folks flew into that. It's like a small NA tournament. And it, it did, like you said, it didn't matter about the prize pool. Uh, just the fact that they, they for whatever reason, chose to, to play in that tournament. So... And we got Hupsaya. We were, we were just talking about your run in one of the Monster Invitationals. It's good to see you in the chat, sir. Okay, so that's talking about... You were just talking about the the Swedish kind of local events, kind of preferring being close to home. Uh, there's a lot of comfort in, in being being close to home, understandably. So, All right, so now we're at the uh, text-based text uh, Q&A with chat. So I have a list here of questions. Uh, if you're just joining the podcast now live, uh, feel free to post your, your question to, to Monster. I'm copying and pasting these into the doc, and we're going to go kind of one by one here. So the first question, uh, this is, uh, of course, a troll question. How do I build a bunker? Okay, so I actually took the time to look this up. So what you need to do is that you need to dig a hole two feet deeper than the height of the bunker. Like, <laughs> So you need to dig a hole down, okay? And then you have to pour concrete stairs leading down to the bunker because, like, you want it to be something stable that isn't like affected by uh, like weather and stuff like that. And then use I beams to support the entryway roof. 
And then you place corrugated steel across the top of the container as a base for the concrete roof. And then you weld a rebar frame around the stairs. So like you had this like like setup for a bunker. Uh, but if you want to build a bunker in StarCraft, I have the hotkey set to you. So it's you select an SV, build, and then you, and then you place it. Uh, I think that's like slightly easier, but building a bunker in real life might be a nice thing to do as well. If somebody in chat builds a physical bumper, bunker, I, I think we would all love to see a picture of this. So feel free to tweet it to me or, or send it to me on, on Twitch. If you're out there and you want, if you're very hands-on mechanical and you build a bunker because of this podcast, we all want to see it. So <laughs> I, I like that first answer about how to physically build a bunker <laughs> rather than the in-game option. But hey, like if you answer me, like if you give me a troll question, uh, I will answer with a troll answer. So <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Okay, next question here. What is the point of mech builds when bio is mostly played? So I think MechWeek started as a thing where it was like, uh, we had been talking about playing mech against Protoss for a long time. TY made a YouTube video back in 2017 about mech versus Protoss, and he played like a few times in Pro League and in GSL. And we just started with like, what if we just gave it a shot? What if we just play mech for a while? And it turned out that mech wasn't actually good, but it wasn't horrible either. And it's actually like, if you're, we were all kind of getting burnt out from playing StarCraft the regular way. So giving us a like, a, like we had to figure out how to play mech. It gave us like this burst of energy to play StarCraft again and like enjoy the game. Uh, but the reason why we only did it for a week is because, you know, after a week, it kind of gets old. You die to the same all in twice. You can't really figure it out. You hit like a plateau. So it's better to just go back to playing the standard way and like let the pros figure stuff out. But it, it's like fun for like a short amount of time to be innovative and try something new. That's like the reason why we played Mech instead of Bio. Interesting history about TY playing it uh, in, in like GSL. And was it, you said it was Pro League back when they had yeah, Pro back, League yeah. for, for SATU? Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's fun. To, it's fun to figure out builds, and I think that's what we see in modern day, like YouTuber StarCraft, is they're figuring out how to play certain strategies that are less, you know, less common. Okay, next question, somewhat troll question, is Protoss OP? Uh, right now, no. I think Protoss is weak, and that's a serious answer. I know people in chat are gonna hate that, but I think Protoss is pretty weak right now. How how would you say Protoss is weak? Uh, I think their options of dealing with Ghost in the late game is really bad. They seem to struggle against the sport Viper, Corruptor, Queen, like Lurker thing that served us late game. Like the infinite value of Vipers just seems insane for pros to deal with, especially with the carrier nerfs. Uh, Protoss got like a lot of nerfs in the lower leagues, but like the last balance patch was basically made to, uh, the way I, I interpret it, is to make it that the like, Protoss was supposed to be more fun to play against uh, without touching the like when I'm changing the balance at the pro level and like making the disruptor ball smaller, like a lot of their strong things just got weaker and they got no real composition for it. It's like, oh, they got faster upgrades. Like what to do? Like who cares? Like they weren't even getting that many upgrades to start with because they were just like massing disruptors and carriers in the first place. So yeah, I, I think Protoss is very weak right now. As a noob, as a diamond noob, I would agree. I mean, it's, it's more of an off race for me, but I, I do struggle with certain matchups. Uh, playing Protoss. So a lot of uh, empathy for Protoss players out there. All right, next question. What's Monster's favorite troll moment from in-games? Maybe it was that clip you had mentioned earlier. Um, 
I, I don't think the 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 moment with the Thor under the window mines is better. Uh, I also had a clip where I put like what I put window mines uh, at the edge of like the backside of a main. Like at the, so, how would I explain? There's like a there was a map where the main mineral line basically was. Uh, I I don't know how to explain it, but like there's like a, there's this huge gap. It's like a dead space between the main and uh, like a potential like seventh base. And I put widow mines there and then I boost the meta vaccine. The mutas flew after it and I dragged them into the mines and all the mutas blew up. That, that's a pretty good, like stuff like that. I think anything involving widow mines, baiting people into widow mines is my favorite moment in StarCraft. It's the widow mines is so funny. Uh, also, like I, the whole army was like, you know, all those warriors. MLG was also pretty funny. Um, but like, if, if I had to talk about my games, that does usually like, Every every hype moment I've ever had has like stemmed from random widow mine shots, and I think that's like a pretty common theme with Terrans. Like widow mines are like the bane of our existence. Like either they kill everything, or they kill nothing, or they kill all your stuff. So okay, so yeah, widow mine for sure. I don't I don't think you can think about modern day Terran without thinking about widow mine. <laughs> and for folks talking about like a veteran gamer in chat talking about Huck versus Idra, MLG Dallas. Um, Huck playing Protoss, Idra playing Zerg, and then Huck hallucinating a bunch of Phoenix and Idra thinking they're real. And uh, it wasn't until I think after the game they had a bit of banter there. Um, okay, next question. What do you think about Cryptic Gaming? So Cryptic Gaming is a NA-based team that I play for. As I said, when I worked Night Shift, I kind of... Um, because like I had to find someone I could play with during the night, so that's how I like that's I that's how I met like everyone from Basement Dweller. Basically, it started out with everyone hanging out in Cryptic, and then when Cryptic uh, became less friendly, I would say uh, they're still friendly, but like we kind of decided that we wanted to lead up and create our own Discord, and we that's how Basement Dweller started. And it's like Basement Dweller is you know like a, a bunch of like ex pro players from NA and me and some other EU people. But Cryptic Gaming is a great team, and I I love the owner crumb like he's a really good friend of mine very nice person if you guys are looking for like a low level team uh, to join that like is active in the uh, clan war scene join cryptic gaming they're like an amazing amount of people like especially like if you want to take starcraft series if you don't want to play starcraft series i don't suggest joining cryptic but if you want to take starcraft series cryptic gaming is good yeah okay so a team you used to, to play with based on like the working hours you might have had in the past, um, no longer really playing with them at all, but still have a pretty good vouch for this team. Mm -hmm. uh, next question, Monster, what's your favorite cheese dairy? And follow up, is it Munster? Uh, I have no idea. I like Gouda, but uh, Cheddar is also good. I don't, <laughs> I don't know about this question, man. <laughs> I think it's just kind of Munster cheese and pertaining to the, yeah. the Monster ID. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh, I mean, if I have to have a favorite, probably that. Yeah. Monster, are there other games you enjoy? Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, right now, I'm playing a lot of Brute, which is uh something like I haven't played since my childhood. So it's like been ranked sixteen hundred, which is like C rank. It's not that good, but I've been enjoying it. You know, watching ASL whenever they upload episodes, like you, know, you just learn from the pros how you're supposed to play the matchup. Uh. Starcraft Brewer is like super active right now. Uh, a lot of the pros from Starcraft 2, since GSL has been dumbing down, have actually gone to play Brood War instead, which is like, you know, that's like really weird to see. Uh, but it's like super, um, 
it's super exciting to see. And like the the Starcraft Brewer is such a beautiful game because like in in Starcraft the early game is basically pretty much set in stone. But in Brewer there's so many because of how, like how buggy the game is. Early game is so important, man. Like you can die to like random links because your marines won't listen to what you're saying, and uh, it's the same for everyone. And that's kind of exciting. Uh, outside of Starcraft Brew War, I've also been like I've, I've always played a lot of League. I played a lot of CS:GO. Uh, every game that's popular, I played. I love the Resident Evil series. Uh, Final, I'm doing a playthrough on Final Fantasy X right now. If you guys have ever played that game, super good game. Recommend it if you guys want to play like, an old turn-based RPG. Um, so yeah. I mean, like, I'm a gamer at heart. I've played, I've basically been a part of everything. Yeah, a good variety of games there. Uh, veteran gamer talking about, let's go CSGO, asking your rank. Uh, should I answer that now or wait? <laughs> oh, you can answer now. Yeah, you're, what's your rank in CSGO? So my peak in CSGO was when I was in, after high school, me and my friends were, like, played together. So I peaked Supreme Master First Class. But whenever I play now, I'm DMG or LE. So Supreme Master First Class is the second highest rank. Okay, so what would be the equivalent of like Master League in StarCraft? Yeah, it would be like Master Master One, basically. Wow. So your 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 skill set in gaming, you know, it's not just in StarCraft; it's other other competitive <laughs> games like CS:GO. Yeah, I'll, um, I, it's like I, I think I'm pretty talented when it comes to anything that I put my heart to. Really, like I'm pretty usually I don't want to be like, you know, bragging and stuff. I'm I'm usually very good at everything I do, so. Uh, but I think it's mostly because I'm so I never do anything like half-hearted. Uh, so like you see, like I've gained a lot of weight. That's because like I want to gain a lot of weight. So I do. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> I don't. I don't do anything casual. So like when I wanted to lose, I like I crashed in weight. But now that I don't really care about weight, like I, it doesn't matter to me. It's like one of those things. I never do anything ten percent. I always do something one hundred percent. It's good to hear putting your heart into everything you do. Okay, Monster, how would you say NA and EU play style is different? I think this is a common answer most people would say, but go ahead. So the reason why NA is hard is um, that people are so used to playing against each other. So there's a lot of metagame. Well, in EU, you never play the guy, the same guy twice in a row. So people are very good at playing different styles in NA. Like playing against a 1500, like, like a 5k play from NA is harder than playing a 5k play from EU. However, if you played a million games against a 5k play from NA, you're going to win more games against that guy than the guy from EU because the guy in EU does the same build every game all the time. So like he, he is very good at playing like the standard game while the guy on NA is going to fucking destroy you in like a random best of three, best of five. And I confirm more difficult server. I heard it here. It's like, it's it's different, I think. Uh, yeah. Like, I think like, seeing harder or like, I think those are like, it's kind of like saying that like, like being a stay-at-home, like being a uh, stay-at-home mother, but like raising children like as a stay-at-home mom is like easy. Like, it's not easy. It's hard. It's like, the way I would describe it is like, it's simple. Okay. Like, it's like simple. It's like a simple thing to do. Like, the, the this very simple uh objectives in day-to-day life but it's not easy it's like very time consuming and you need like a lot of patient dedication you know okay so a bit of different play style na players might have a more variety of builds but then eu players are just kind of grinding out similar builds per matchup and really getting crisp timings on it Mm -hmm. Uh, next question monster how do you manage the stress of the game and how do you relax (sighs) uh antidepressants 
alcohol no so uh usually what i do is that when it comes to like grinding any game you have to use like when you go through like a long grind or anything you have to use take it like you do it one at a time you go through one game at a time so you just play a game mental reset play a game mental reset play a game you can't like look at it as like a chain of games because that's when it gets to you if you uh, look at like let's say you're just supposed to play four in the games this season like you have to you're gonna go on like big grind and every time you play a game you're like man there's 399 games left oh my god i can't believe there's 397 games left it's better to just probably like i'll play one game and then i'll play one game and then i'll play one game and eventually you'll get there and like just thinking of it like that is like a very uh easy way to just relieve the stress of the game starcraft is a very fast game so what i don't do this but what i've heard other people recommend is that after each game just take a few seconds stand up walk around do something like like pick up some trash that you have like because like you throw your game and you throw everything pick it up put it in the uh, like in the bin you know do something that takes your mind off the game uh, Play some other relaxing game, like between games, maybe, you know, just like it's you have to make um, make do with what you got at home, I guess. But sometimes, you know, just doing something that takes the mind of Starcraft might be good. OK, so one game at a time, I think that's a good, really good piece of advice for a lot of uh, amateur, or even professional players out there. OK, and one question here, do you coach Monster? I used to. I don't anymore. If you really want me to coach you, I could. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. There are way better coaches. But like, if you like the kind of person I am and you really want my coaching, absolutely, I'll, I'll hook you up. Um, yeah. Okay. Um, so don't really coach too much anymore. But if there's a really big need out there, you might consider it. Last question here. Monster, what's your favorite way to BM? Mulehammer. <laughs> you know like you're not macroing too well you like might as well just spend all your energy on something you know it's like oh good, good now i got to use them at least uh i've seen people like type easy with like pylons in the middle of the map and stuff like that. stuff like that can also be fun but yeah mostly is like, mule hammer is like the thing you think of like immediately like it just comes to mind like oh drop mules because that's like what the koreans do as well you see that every time just like when you watch the old vaults of pro league they weren't allowed to talk in chat, but the, the sh every chance they got to like do some kind of uh, like BM move like that, they would take it. They would be like, oh, I beat this guy. It's mule hammer, build nexuses everywhere. Like they would do stuff like that. Just banter. Yeah, I think of like building a nexus at the front or a hatchery. If I had a, if I had a choice, the one that feels, if you're the one that's doing the doing it, the one that feels the, the best is, is the mule hammer for sure. Or even like yeah. veter veteran gamer saying it's just like mass scan. You get the... What's like a sun or a, a ha scan halo? <laughs> <laughs> they can't micro because they can't see what's going on under it. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. All right, so that that concludes the the questions. Uh, thank you, chat, for all these questions. Really appreciate it. And now we're we're at the outro here of the podcast. We're going to wrap up, wrap up the podcast here. This is your opportunity, monster, to uh, plug your stream, your YouTube, any social media. Um, I can provide a lot of the links that you had posted earlier, some of the clips in chat into the show notes, but yeah, the floor is yours. Yeah. So I'd like to talk a little bit about something that, um, I, so this is Juno asked me to talk about this. So talking about past teams, I was part of a team called love your girlfriend. Have you ever heard of Peace age? I have. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a lot of drama going on. Love your girlfriend. And I was like in the center of all this, like I knew everything that happened. 
and there was like a lot of drama towards the end where uh, there was a lot of players that didn't get paid uh, and stuff like that. And the guy that owned the team called Pascal Anton, he uh, was from Frisia, which is in uh, northern uh, Netherlands. Like, I'm not really doxing him. Like, this is on the internet. Um, and he basically disappeared, saying he had a terminal illness. And, like, I was really sad. He was a good friend of mine. I remember, like, I made, like, this huge uh, thing in school where I talked about him, uh, like, how like how much he helped me. He made me get on Nuke Launch, like, all the other good teams I was on. He was the guy who got me in there. Um, so, like, he's a, he was a great guy, but he, like, ended up being a scumbag. <laughs> Scam people of money. And uh, he... Uh, one day he just messaged me and he's like, Hey, I'm not dead. And I was like, What the? I thought you had like a terminal heart disease, like you were gonna die. And he's like, No, but like I found like this thing. And he, he like talked about like the e meter, you know, like the Scientology thing, and like how <laughs> like he used that to like he had some elect like his electrolyte level was wrong or something like that. So he used that to like stabilize it. And then all his like his heart infection went away immediately. And I was like, Oh. Oh, okay. And then he talked to me about how he met this woman called Chelsea from America that he moved to and started dating. And basically, she was like a huge fan of of Gnosticism, which is like a religion. And it's called, she talked about something called the Library of the Nagamari, which is uh, like this old uh, text that was like dug up in, I don't know, like I, I don't know, found somewhere in Egypt. And it like talk about like the, the truth behind the evil of the evils of humanity, which is like uh something called Archons, which is an alien that possesses yeah, like because humans aren't inherently evil. They believe this. Like the, the people are inherently good, but archons possess people and make them do evil acts. So like every psychopath, you know, everyone they're like possessed by archons. So what they what they talk about is that like they would like show me pictures of like politicians but like their eyes are going red and like stuff like that. And I I was like sitting there. I was like 17, 18 years old and I'm like <laughs> what? What is happening? Like what did you just go crazy? Like did you just like leave StarCraft and become insane? Like is that what happened? And you met a girl that's like equally insane and like believes these things? And like I was like, what the, what the hell is going on? And the thing that's so crazy is that I talked to, like, every single player about the payments. Uh, I got into, like, a discussion with Montezuma because I actually believe that uh, Bales, if you guys remember Bales, that he was, uh, like, he lied about what happened between him and Pascal because Pascal had shown me things uh, about, like, like showed me, like, that he had sent payments and stuff ended up being fake. Uh, but, so me and Monty had, like, a big, uh, like, lash out between each other where, like, I defended Love Your Girlfriend and he like basically attacked them, and like the whole thing with H2O Mario happened, where he didn't get paid, and that was absolutely true. He didn't get paid. But I, I remember, like, I messaged all the Koreans. I messaged Genius, Tassadar, Motoke, Dynamite, uh, Stun, and I asked them, like, "Did you get money?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, we all got paid." And I'm like, "Why is he only fucking the Europeans?" And then I realized that the Koreans would always show up to play the clan wars every single time, every tournament. They would always show up and play. The Europeans, though. They were like, like HMR had a family. Bales were not playing everything, so Pascal was like, "Fuck you guys! You're not like, like I'm just gonna lie and not pay you money, because like, and I'm just gonna pay the money to Koreans because they always show up and do." <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like that's like a pretty like pretty cool like interesting fact about um, 
the the world of lygf yeah so i i've i've heard of love your girlfriend uh team uh it was a team right not like a clan yeah and uh this this is such a gem to the podcast maybe a lot of people in the scene are familiar with this story or like like know exactly what you know but I really appreciate you kind of disclosing this this to the podcast and to the folks that are hanging out live right now because this is uh it gets spicy it gets weird so there there's a let me get like kind of try to understand here there's a team love your girlfriend you're on it a lot of players or some players not getting paid from a tournament the owner of the 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 team says i have a terminal illness kind of ghosts for how what period of time we're talking like years here yeah he just closes down the team just disappears nobody knows like the thing is, like, he had a co-owner, nobody ever heard of but he keeps, like, running the team, like, small time. He just leaves, like, he just says, like, hey, I have to close the team on terminal illness. He just disappears on the face of the earth, and people just think he died. Okay, and then, like, two years later, he just comes back out of nowhere. <laughs> Come back, comes back from the dead with some, I, I haven't looked into any of these topics here, but, like, what sounds like could be, like, conspiracy theory level type of topics. Uh, maybe that, you know, some of the most people, people in the world are even... Politicians, politicians might be like reptilians or have have like yeah. <laughs> you know like uh, some redness in their eye. It might be just like the camera camera lens flare or something like that. Who knows? But yeah, what a, what a stream! I, I, what a, what a story! Yeah, and I, I was I was gonna say I wish I had the doc left because I showed this to Juno because he said like Pascal sent me like a, a like a forty page PDF about like all the research he had done about the thing. Okay, and I was like, what the fuck? And like there was like showing like pictures of like uh, like uh, markings on like planets and stuff like that where like the aliens the archons have left like the signature mark on like <laughs> in the craters of planets and i'm like dude like this is too wild i don't understand this and like and it's like you know there's like the symbolism that people conspiracy people are really into uh where like they, they like look for things in media where like oh like this this symbol that means that they're part of like some child like child uh, like cp circle or something like that there was like that kind of thing going on and i mean like to me it was like far-fetched but he believed this like he genuinely believed this and i mean like it was like it took a while for me to like accept that like for a long time i was like okay he's just like he's he's just trolling me like he's trying to trick me and then like i see him talking on forums about this like his wife would like call me to tell me about it and i'm like this this must be real like he has to believe this and yeah it's wild interesting so um funny that it's the name is archon and that's a unit in game like a pro oh yeah (laughs) it's a a protoss unit in game it it looks like this kind of ties to maybe like a a particular religion and wikipedia here kind of says archon i might be pronouncing it wrong gnosticism Um, gnosticism yeah yeah so um archons are in gnosticism and religions closely related to it the builders of the physical universe um I'll, I'll link this Wikipedia in chat if if, if folks in chat want to kind of dive into this. Uh, so there we go. Yeah, as I said, like I I'm really sorry I don't have that PDF left because like it's it's a fun read, okay? Because like the mental gymnastics that these guys have to go through is really impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just ultimately to not pay players uh, and, and yeah. keep, as uh, presumably keep the money for themselves. So yeah, I hope. I hope if I hope we don't see that for pro players or semi-pro players in the future, where money's not being paid out. Um, but if we do, maybe we'll come across like a wild story like this again, and it would be a, a good story, good and bad story to tell. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, I'm like, in, 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 like when it was happening, I was it was not fun to be part of that because like you got a lot of hate uh, towards you just because you were a part of it. Uh, but now, like in hindsight, it's like a very good experience, and like it made me treat people uh, with way more. Like I am way more cautious about fr my friends and like who I decide to defend. You know, like you, I just defended Pascal because he seemed like a good guy to me. It was always nice to me, but like those people, just because they're always nice to you, doesn't mean they're always nice to everybody else, right? What happens behind closed doors? You know, you never know. So you have to take everything with a grain of salt. And it's like, it's a pretty good life lesson. Yeah, definitely a good life lesson. And if you do get that PDF or find it ever one day, like definitely share it. We can, we can, <laughs> we can, we can add it to the show notes at any time. So. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So I just plug my socials quick and this, um, so my Twitch is at monster and my Twitter is at Aki and me. Uh, and I, I don't like, I don't think I have anything else I want to read. Like maybe cryptic gaming again, uh, great, uh, great team. If you guys are looking for like our try hard lower league team, they're great. Uh, compass clan. if you're Swedish and you're looking for like a gang to play with, they are great. If you're not Swedish and look for a gang to play with, look somewhere else. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's it. Monster. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was, a a really great episode and yeah thank you all for hanging out in the chat uh if you didn't catch the entire podcast uh, like i always say it's going to be on every major podcast platform once i get it up there typically in a day or two uh, if you want to watch the video again it'll be on my youtube channel um yeah thank you everybody for participating in the chat it really makes the podcast an even better experience for myself as a host and, and the guest as well uh, if you want to be on the podcast i'm open to you know really anybody that's um I'd say grassroots uh, is pretty appropriate as the podcast title implies. So you just send me a message on Discord or on Twitch. And yeah, thank you all for hanging out. And that concludes this episode of the podcast. Thank you, Monster. Thank you for having me.